You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My grand blur, YouTube blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Cosplay blur All day blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Bet you wish you so blur Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blur Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blur Vision, your window into the world of all things geek, movies, TV, or news. We talk about it every week. It's your boy Jordan with. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Simeon. Yeah. Um, Arthur Fleck, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> And the Oscar goes to... <laughs> Not me, because it's a comic book. <laughs> but yeah, guys, this week we're talking about the Joker. Not the Mark Hamill version, not the Heath Ledger version, not the Jack Nicholson version, and not definitely the Romero version. Yeah, and definitely not the fucking Jared Leto version. <laughs> I'm talking that's, about that. That's the best version. No, don't, don't say that. <laughs> talking about that Joaquin Phoenix version. Was it... The standing ovation worthy movie that we've heard so much about. Yeah, eight minutes standing ovation. Eight fucking minutes. But they say that every movie. Every time you turn around, oh yeah, this can movie got BVS. Yeah. BVS got standing ovation. Standing ovation. <laughs> to me that <laughs> fucking lion. Yeah. And we I we talked about it before, but to me that, that makes every standing ovation null and void when you can applause for BVS at the end. What were they yeah. applauding for? Yes, yeah, is dead. <laughs> Henry Cavill. <laughs> He no, died no, so they good. Were, they were they were applauding uh, Ben Affleck's ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was even in the fucking cin- cin- uh, the cinematic version. That was only in the. Uh, it was in the can the version. Ultimate version. Or whatever. <laughs> but uh, speaking of ass, was Joker ass, or did it actually fulfill that Oscar-worthy promise that we've been told from so many critics? Stay tuned and find out. Yeah, we shall see. But we got a bunch of stuff this week with DC, because we're also going to be talking about Young Justice. I finally finished the last four episodes of the season, um, and Michael did that a couple weeks ago. So yeah, I was like, it's been so long, I'm like, I don't remember what happened. We're not going to recap everything, since we've done like kind of you know periodic reviews for the series as it was going along, but we will talk about at least the last four episodes and just kind of the, the finale, how he felt about the series or the season overall, and if we're excited for the seasons coming if there isn't is it was it announced was there yeah there's gonna be another season yeah it definitely ends in a place where i'm like well this is basically just just as much of a cliffhanger as the fucking last season did so if they don't have another season be very angry (laughs) we're gonna bring it back to tease another season and then cancel it again (laughs) i mean with the way the dc you remember they talked about (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so dc universe app isn't long for this world they might have announced another season but uh, we don't know it might end up on the uh, whatever the Warner Brothers the Warner app. Brothers app, yeah, which will make I guess will make more sense. A lot more sense, but yeah. Um, and then we've got Doctor Stone as per usual, episode fourteen, and uh, Michael's scene because unfortunately, uh, I made a lot of promises for like. Yeah, did you watch Cloak and Dagger? No, I didn't watch Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> I was about to say that you jerk. <laughs> I want to apologize to the audience because I unexpectedly, if you check my Instagram account, you'd see that uh, I was called in to do a Watchmen panel by HBO at New York Comic Con. 
I was on the panel with a bunch I of other. I wasn't called in. No, Michael wasn't called in. <laughs> it was. They told me specifically, uh, "Can you leave your gay podcast co-host? <laughs> this is only for blurs, not gay blurs." Homophobia. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's not like I that. I was like, what? They said that? No, they didn't say that. Why would they say that? <laughs> they did say that. Why would I say that on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't say that. It was just that, uh, it was, uh, and look, it was very last minute. I didn't even know if it was going to happen. Like, it hit me up literally at the beginning of that week, like Monday, Tuesday, and they, it, it wasn't even 100% official until Thursday night. So, it, it, but it ended up taking my entire weekend, which was the time I was going to use for cloak and dagger binging. Somebody sent me a message on Instagram like, man, Jordan didn't take you to Comic-Con? I was like, no, he doesn't value me. <laughs> I even asked you to go, you asshole. To the after party. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the only thing I had the plus one for. They, they didn't give me the option to bring you on. It was only the the four people. Uh, DJ, DJ, DJ Ben Amin, uh, the, the, the host of For All Nerds podcast, formerly the Fanbro Show. Um, he has a great podcast. But I was on that panel. He was the host. I was with two other panelists, two other blurs in the uh, the blur community over in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, all awesome people. It was a great time. I'm not sure if they're gonna release it online. They were recording, but I don't know if it was for just audio or if it was just for photos. Um, it was very nice. I was treated very well. I got to see a screening, an early screening of Watchmen episode one. Um, and I've been told by HBO, if I tell you anything about it, they'll shoot me dead on site. So I can't give you any spoilers or well, not spoilers, but you can't, so you can't even give a review. I can't give a review, but I can give you my impressions. And I guess I can just give you right now. Um, I will say that it's a lot more black centric than I expected. So when they asked me to be on the, on the panel at all, I was like, I know Virginia King's the main character, but like from the trailers, I never got the impression that this was very like a, a black centric kind of show. But her being the main character, even beyond that, actually, there's it delves a lot into um, some racial issues and uh, racial relations that I did not expect. So, and I'll say this, I think the trailers actually don't do the first episode at least justice. Um, and it's very spiritually Watchmen. Um, it's not a true Watchmen sequel, but it's 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 very much in the world of Watchmen. I think on the panel, I actually compared it to into the Spider-Verse. It's kind of like into the Watchmen-verse. Um, but yeah, I, I, I very, I, I loved it. I'll say that. I, I, I went in, and if you've listened to the podcast regularly, you know that we talked about the trailers before. Me and Michael both kind of like, what is this even about? Like, what? <laughs> like all right, so Regina King's the main character, and it looks like there's a Rorschach cult and stuff like that. But uh, going into it, my expectations weren't that high, and it, it honestly blew me away. Especially by the time you get to that ending, whoo, whoo, surprising. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, highly recommend. Granted, it. it's only one episode, but how does it compare to the boys episode one? Oh man, that's a different beast. Um, that's a tough. Because episode one. Hmm. I will say that there are shocking moments in both. I'm not sure if I can compare them because I don't know where Watchmen goes. Um, but yeah, there's shocking moments in both for sure. And there's things that they do in Watchmen that I did not expect at all, especially coming off the heels of Zack Snyder's movie. I'll say that. And there's actually, there's some hints in the trailer alluding to what I'm talking to. We're talking about, I mean, but I can't, I can't elaborate or, oh God, is that, is that laser beam on my forehead? <laughs> I'm sorry, HBO. <laughs> okay. 
But yeah, highly recommended. I think it comes out on October 20th. Um, but yeah, check it out, HBO. Uh, and I want to thank HBO for even having you on the pot, on the on the panel. It was a pretty awesome experience. But yeah, so again, I'm yeah, sorry, thank guys. Thank you, HBO, for having me. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you could have came to the after party. You could have met Black Manta. Whoop dee did the after party. That's an ad, that means afterthought. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's where you meet the celebrities. Virginia King was there. Black Manta was there. Uh, Mario and Luigi dancing. That's in front the only of- thing I care about. I could have been like, Hey, Carl, I'm online. Oh God! <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about the Black Mirror episode. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I fucked a polar bear, man. The first thing I thought about. <laughs> man, I should have said that to him. So I was a polar bear. Uh, <laughs> he was like, "Get out! <laughs> Get out right now!" But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I got I got wasted on Doctor Manhattan drinks. These like blue martinis they had. Delicious. Sure, it wasn't blue cum. Oh God! <laughs> I hate you. Uh, but yeah, that's long story short. That's why I didn't. I, was, I wasn't able to watch Cloak and Dagger. But next next episode, I definitely will have it binge. As well as another thing that Michael's gonna talk about this week that I didn't see. I didn't. I, I even forgot it was even coming out this weekend. But uh, chasing Dion, right? No. Wait, <laughs> chasing Dion. Wait, chasing Amy. I, I didn't watch that. No. What's it called? Raising Raising Dion. Dion. Chasing Dion. <laughs> Dion, come back. <laughs> You got too many powers, boy. I mean, there was some chasing. Yeah? And it was nine episodes. Was it an hour an episode? No, most of, most of them were like 40 minutes. Some with like 35, some with 38. Okay. So, but you watched the entire season. Mm-hmm. And is it a season or is it the whole series? No, it's a season. Oh, it's just one season. Okay, yeah. all right. But I would well, love... depending on if it gets renewed or not. Okay, well, if you would like to talk about it, I would love to hear your non-spoiler thoughts about it. Because I am interested in watching it. All right. Convince me or unconvince me if you didn't like it. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. That sounds dangerous. But before we get into all that, we have iTunes reviews. First review comes from Black Burt Reynolds. Uh, real problem in Hollywood is the subject. It's a five-star review. He says, hey, dudes. Been a while. Just caught up on your episodes. I listened to you guys debate and kind of rant on about the... And kind of rant on about the different social issues, but I think that's more important. What? But I think what's more important than representation sexually and racially is one thing. What? Wait, wait, he's getting into it. I think he was like dramatic pause. <laughs> we need to stop all these British actors taking our good American superhero jobs. <laughs> that's the real problem. I said, I've seen a lot of people complain about that. <laughs> Enough of this Christian Bale's. Uh, and Pattinson being Batman, Doctor Strange from New York, not London, and don't get me started on Superman. I mean, enough, say, yeah, enough. Superman, Superman, Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I'm joking. Love the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Black Burt Reynolds. Uh, but no, I don't think you are joking. I think it's a real epidemic that needs to be addressed. <laughs> yeah. Are American actors not good enough? I don't, I don't understand. I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, American training isn't as good compared to like. London training because they really focus on theater mm. as a way to like open the door to you jumping into film. Whereas here in America, it's like no, you just go straight to film. They don't really focus as much on theater. Oh, but I feel like the theater acting is where you get all like the nuance. Yeah, and, like the it is. Yeah, and you can get, like you can have the range of being big and small. Like is, is Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix is he theater trained? I'm not sure. Hmm. I was going to guess yes. Yeah, probably. That could be wrong. Look it up with your, with your computer science over there. 
<laughs> Use the eyes of science, Michael. <laughs> All right. Then on the flip, you got somebody like Sean Penn, who I heard was was terrible when it could like being on stage. Mm. He's a they say he's a terrible theater actor, but yet when it comes to like film and stuff like that, it's pretty damn good. Or well, oh, same yeah. thing with Carrie Fisher. Grant, I don't know if she has theater training, but when I saw Carrie Car- Carrie Fisher. When I saw Carrie Washington live on Broadway. I was like, like, Leia? (laughs) When I saw Carrie Washington live on Broadway, I didn't think she was that good. But when it comes to like scandal and stuff like that, she was just Olivia Pope. It's the power of editing or what do you think that is? I think it's the power power of editing and then multiple takes. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I I feel like theater would be harder because it's like like, live. Yeah, because for anything, you could be a terrible actor, but if you get one good take, all right, we're using it. We're editing around it. Yeah. And then you get an Oscar. And it's like, but you're not even that good of an actor. <laughs> but for that one take, I was. Yeah, for that one take. <laughs> as far as you know, I am. Uh, and we've got one more review from Young J. Jean. Uh, he gives a non-spoiler Joker review. Hello, Blur Vision. I hope you've got... Mm, let me see. Michael, I saw your review on YouTube. I feel like we should save this for after our review so it doesn't taint our thoughts. Okay. And remind me. Because I feel like every time I say this... We get to wherever we're talking about, and we just we just fly past it. And we never go back to the review. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna forget. It. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> All right, well, and on that note, let's get into uh, some of our emails before we get into topics. Our first email comes from. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. New York rap revival. Captain Marvel facepalm. Hey guys, so I had my girl see Avengers Endgame, awesome movie by the way, and before this she had only seen Black Panther, Spider-Man, and Infinity War. She had no real connection to the MCU prior. We saw the movie and afterwards she raved about the fun and emotion. Captain America instantly became her favorite, but she had one big problem, she didn't like Captain Marvel. (gasps) A woman that didn't like Captain Marvel? Impossible. Shocked. No way. But she's got so much personality, Michael. <laughs> the best of personalities. She's more charismatic than Robert Downey Jr. Oh, by far. <laughs> uh, she thought she was cocky. Mm, I love this. She was cocky, boring, unneeded, and in her words, a beep. <laughs> this is funny because Captain Marvel was supposed to lead the MCU now and a symbol for women, and a woman doesn't like her. Uh, it sucks. I think Marvel needs to do something fast to fix that problem. Great show, guys. Keep up the good work. I mean, yeah, we've beaten I this I thought that's what they death. were going to do in Endgame. Like, yeah, we all did. Remember we talked about, well, I wasn't really feeling her in Captain Marvel, but maybe the Russo brothers will handle her better. It's like, no, not really. Well, I guess the problem there was because they filmed that before Captain Marvel, so they didn't have a good idea. Which is like, guys, plan it out. Like, you're the MCU. You're Kevin Feige. You're all about planning. Why wouldn't you plan out her personality beforehand? Right? Like, wouldn't you have a trajectory for her to go? I don't buy the, uh, oh, we filmed it before, so we didn't want to, you know, do things with her character that they didn't do in the Captain Marvel movie. Talk! <laughs> well, I don't know, because you know how sometimes during the filming process, things change. So you might talk about where Carol Danvers is going to be in the one movie, and then they change it. So it's like, but wait, that's not what we talked about. I mean, yeah, but I just feel like they should definitely... For someone that they, they're putting on this pedestal, that like Kevin Feige is talking about leading the MCU, and the, she's the face of the, the future of the MCU. I just feel like you should have more of a plan for that character especially. Like You should give her something. And I feel like anybody watching Endgame would be like, so... Am I supposed to like Captain Marvel after this? Because she was almost like an afterthought. 
You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you should definitely have more of a plan for that character if no one else. I can understand, like, leaving Valkyrie on the sidelines because, like, eh, well, it's Valkyrie. We're not going to really use her that much. But when you're when you're pushing a character like Captain Marvel, you should definitely have a plan. Especially when you're coming out saying she's going to be the face of Marvel going forward. and yeah. The, the leader of the Avengers and yada, yada, yada. The most powerful Avenger. Yeah, you're giving her all these, like, these accolades without having her actually earn any of them. And that's a lot of why people have the pushback in the first place for this character. Same thing with Rey. I mean, and I, 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 I promised myself I wouldn't go any more <laughs> feminism rants or anything. But like I said last time on the podcast, this, this is the issue with just creating strong female characters, but forgetting about the more important part of that that phrase, which is character. character, yeah. Like, I love strong females, don't get me wrong. Love me strong women, but... Do you? Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> yes. I think... As a weak man, <laughs> I myself need a strong woman in my life. <laughs> That's why I love my girlfriend so much. Uh, to kind of keep me anchored. It's like, yeah, I love strong women, but I don't like hollow characters that are, I feel like are just pandering to the idea of a strong, strong female characters. Especially when it, when it, I think it hurts the cause because it, it creates the backlash on the other side where people are like, oh well, you're just forcing this character on me, but she's not even that interesting. Why are you why are you why are you forcing diversity? That's where that argument comes from because you get examples like this. So I, I don't want there to be weak links in these chains. I want there to be strong characters. I want them to be strong black characters, strong female characters, strong minority characters, strong Asian, strong strong trans, strong everything. But I want them to be characters first and foremost. Captain Marvel rant number 560. <laughs> Until next time, folks. Until Captain Marvel 2 is announced, they're like, oh, God. I, if they don't stick the landing in Captain Marvel 2, it's kind of over. I feel like that's the last chance. Maybe. Because it also because. because it also depends on the box office. People are like, well, f- who cares your opinion? We still made a billion dollars. Yeah, but you don't. You only like get. Transformers. But. but that's the that's the problem though. Transformers, yeah, make make a lot of money, but think about how respected it is as a franchise. I've met a single like it makes a lot of money, but I've met a single person that's like, oh man, Transformers is the shit. I love Transformers; it's the best. Well, no, maybe not. But in terms of the corporation, it's gonna be like, so what? We're still making money, so obviously somebody likes it. Yeah, but I don't want that for the MCU. I wanted it to be beloved on its merits, not just because it it makes a buttload of money. Then we get into dangerous waters. No, that's not what I want either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for the uh, the email, New York Rep Revival. It's always good to get other females' perspectives on characters like Captain Marvel, especially. Um, that way we don't just come off as two dudes being sexist in the podcast. <laughs> Fuck women, am I right? <laughs> uh, next email comes from Elliot Clark. Uh, Bart Allen should be introduced. Hello, gentlemen. So I was thinking Twitch crisis coming up. Wait, what? What? So I was thinking Twitch crisis coming up. I had a thought. Twitch? I I don't know what... It can't be Twitch. It's got to be a different word. So I was thinking about crisis. with, With crisis coming up? Maybe. So I was thinking with crisis coming up, I had a thought. Instead of making Barry disappear and inevitably return in about two episodes... Uh, why don't they let him disappear and introduce Bart? You can still have Grant Gustin play the role of Bart, similar to what they do with Will slash Tom Cavanaugh. Oh, so basically pull a Black Siren. Hmm. Yeah. 
have that emotional moment of Barry fulfilling his destiny in the final battle and have Bart appear soon after. It would give the series an interesting story arc of coping with his loss, Bart trying to live up to the legacy and have Grant Gustin flex his acting chops. Obviously, since it makes sense, they won't do it, lol. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to do that. Like, as I was reading it, I'm like, that is actually a good way to kill off his character and keep Grant Gustin. I, and they've already done it with Black Siren, so it's like there's a precedent for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> it's a good idea, so that's so never going to happen. not going to happen. Would you like that? That would actually that would be interesting, yeah. It would be. Yeah. Put a little different makeup on on uh, on Grant and have him play like, oh, yeah, I have his face. It'd be like Jay Garrick. Girl, girl's beard. Yeah, it'd be like Jay Garrick where it's like, I have his face, but I'm not I'm him. not him. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, Elliot. You just made a better show. <laughs> uh, but if you guys had a fantasy plan out... Uh, but if you guys had to fantasy plan out the crisis, how would each of you do it? I mean, I think you just nailed it. <laughs> like, I think that was a great compromise on killing all the him. shows end because I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I've kind of gone over it. I just feel like this is a good opportunity to do, if not an actual conclusion in all these shows, like a an easy walking away point for all the long-term fans that, like Michael, kind of running on empty when it comes to enthusiasm for the CW series. Yes. <laughs> speaking of I, I'm trash I didn't watch it Michael watched like 20 minutes of it but neither of us has finished Batwoman this, this week or Supergirl did you even start that one no I was watching Batwoman <laughs> are you are you at all excited to even try the first episode of Supergirl I don't think I'm gonna watch the, the season I think I'm just gonna watch the first episode just to get my impression of it and just wait until the crisis yeah what? probably yeah it depends if the first episode of Supergirl could be great. <laughs> and maybe it will, man. You don't know, man. Didn't last season start pretty good with the Sons of Liberty? It did. Yeah. It went completely so, off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> even, uh, the, even the 20 minutes of that one I'm watching, I'm just like, all right. <laughs> oh, even the first 20 minutes, really? Yeah. I'm like, it's not bad. I'm still just like... Hmm. It's just very CW-y? It's very CW-y. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm over the CW-isms. <laughs> it's just so funny because Arrow and Flash weren't like that when they started. That's why I got into them. Because I was like... You know, CW even then had kind of its... its uh, Not impression. What's the word? A stigma. Like, I, I knew CW, like Supernatural. And like a lot of those shows aren't for me. Like, I, those aren't shows that I enjoy. Hey, I'm talking about Supernatural. Okay, I know you do. <laughs> but, like, a lot of those shows, like, you know, even uh, what, uh, River it's, did... It's magic. Ooh, I'm against magic. No, it's just that it's it's got a CW vibe. It's I feel like it's it's tailored toward teen girls or younger boys, not 30-year-old 30 30 men. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, that's, the, that's the audience for the most part. The majority of the audience for CW were... Teenage girls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's why I was never a big CW watcher. But when Flash and Arrow came on the scene, like it, it didn't feel like a CW. It didn't feel like a Riverdale or something. It felt like a superhero show just happened to be on the CW. But I feel like, I don't know if it's like behind the scenes producers or executives meddling or I don't know what it is. But I feel like as time's gone on, these shows started adapting those CWisms that turned fans like me off of CW in the first place. Would you agree with that? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, what's up with that? Do you have any theory? Because uh, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Good theory. <laughs> um, but yeah, Elliot, you, you basically nailed what I think would be a great way to resolve Barry Allen's character. Um, do we have any other reviews? 
I mean, either emails. Oh, that's the panel information. Uh, okay, yeah, we've got. Oh, we got a couple more emails actually. <laughs> you like us. You really like us. Uh, next email comes from our old pals back, Danny Villasenor. I'm back. Hey, what up, boys? I'm back. And sorry I haven't been emailing weekly or keeping up with the most recent podcast. I can't wear my AirPods at work. But I've been... What? But I've been by slash most emails wouldn't go through. So, yeah. Anyway, here's the question. I won't make this too long because I'm on a short break. Uh, so, as you may have heard, Steven Universe came out... Ah, I still haven't watched that movie! Damn it. Uh, Steven Universe came out with a movie which absolutely, which is absolutely amazing. Go see it if you haven't. And they just released the intro for Steven Universe Future at New York Comic Con. And what did you think about it? And what are your hopes on it? Well, that's my break. I spent most of the time thinking about a question. Stay near my blur. And as always, go beyond Blood Ultra. I don't know what that is. Is that like the next series? Is there a time skip? Look it up. Pull it up right now. Go to uh, YouTube and look up Steven Universe Future. They've been kind of teasing a, a, a flash forward slash time skip on that show for a while. So if that is the case, I'm very intrigued. Mike doesn't watch the show though, so he's trash. No, I'm like, I don't. <laughs> and it's a very like, it's very trans positive and, and okay, LGBT accepting. It's like 42 seconds. All right, I'll check it out. Hold on. Oh, it's music. I'm in. Oh, yeah. Oh, he can drive now. <laughs> okay. All right. It's like Batman Beyond, but with Steven Universe. <laughs> Steven Universe Future. Um, I mean, as a longtime fan of the show, seeing Steven driving... I mean, he was like a 12-year-old kid, I think, when the show started, maybe even younger. So it's kind of cool to see him grow up uh, with these characters. I'm, I'm very interested. If it's music, I'm, I'm going to If it's a musical, I'm going to watch it. I mean, the whole show's got a lot of musical numbers in it. Oh, that's all you need to tell me. I'm not still not going to watch it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think you would really like it. I'm surprised you haven't watched it yet. Like, it's some of my... I, I love a lot of Steven Universe songs. Like, even uh, the Garnet song was actually a, a song on the podcast for a little bit, an intro song. I'm stronger than you. Uh-uh-uh-uh-oh. Uh-uh-uh-uh-oh. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Michael's garbage. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Danny. I, I, but thank you for... Uh, I am stronger than you, though. Okay. <laughs> um, but thanks, Danny. I, I will definitely check that out. Uh, next email comes from Ayax Alvarado Weird Star Wars Continuity Hello This is my first time Writing to you guys And y'all might not read this I've been listening Since the Venom movie review Y'all well, did Well we're reading it now <laughs> In Venom voice Pussy But I listened to y'all's Recent episode And y'all talked about The failed and weird Continuity of Star Wars You good? Yeah Okay nice, Somebody's calling me uh, uh, You don't have any friends But me Who's calling you? <laughs> Uh, the failed and weird continuity of Star Wars, especially how did the First Order rise to power? From what I've heard is that they are going to try and fill in the plot holes from the ending of Return of the Jedi to the beginning of The Force Awakens, but even then the video games have their plot holes. After much criticism of the reboot of the Battlefront franchise, Battlefront 2 gave us a story that started with the end of the Empire and ended it with the start of how the First Order came into power. 
According to the video game, it was mere hours before the First Order rose to power and introduced a weapon similar to the Starkiller base. How? So the Empire fell and like an hour later, like, by the way, we got a whole other army over here and we got an even bigger Death Star. How? <laughs> it raises further That's questions. Science. What? Uh, sorry for the long email. I enjoy the show and look forward to every Tuesday. Sasageo, Sasageo, Shizo, Wo, Sasageo. What? Deo, Biza Deo. I don't know what that is. Daylight come I bet and you like go home. I bet it's like an, uh, an anime theme song that we know, but just can't recognize without the theme song behind it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I've heard that they've, they've tried to, to fill in the plot holes for the new trilogy, even in the books, like the novelization of the, the movies. But you shouldn't have to do outside research. Yeah, like I read or listened to the audiobook for uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, and there's a lot of stuff involving Finn that wasn't in the movie that should have been that they put in the book. And I was like, see, this sort of made me like his character more, and this makes a lot of sense for his character. So it's like, why wouldn't you put this in the movie? Yeah. Just seems like short-sighted storytelling. Like, it, feels yeah. like, it feels like an afterthought. I'm like, these are important more, things. More specifically, like, the most poignant mem- moment that I remember from the book that wasn't in the movie. Remember, there's a moment where Maz Kanata looks at him and she says something about, you have the eyes of someone who wants to run or some shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in the book, right when Ray gets kidnapped and he takes out the guy that calls him a traitor or whatever, yeah. Maz looks at him and says, your eyes are different now. I see the eyes of a warrior. That's so cool. I got chills just now from that. That sounds awesome. Exactly. I'm like, why wasn't this in the why wasn't this in the movie? Oh. They would have given so much like weight to his battle with Kylo Ren. Yeah. Said the black man got get killed off immediately. <laughs> Slashing the fucking spine and shit. Should have been him. I feel like he should have been the Jedi. It should have. That'd been awesome. Or he or him being revealed to be force sensitive. Yeah, but even if they could have both been Jedi, they didn't have to be just Rey. Like I feel like that been. A, I feel like his story is actually more interesting than hers because they still right haven't now. explained the fact. And I thought because this makes sense to me, they still haven't explained why he was the one that was able to break out of the brainwashing. Yeah, out of everybody that was in the First Order. Yeah, he, he was the one that snapped out of it. And I feel like I feel like they're gonna try to do that now with the rise of Skywalker and have Rey's origins be tied to Palpatine or whatever. So she's going from the dark to the light. But even then, that's like, still Rey. That's not Finn. No, no. But I mean, like, I feel like that's something that's being retconned now in the third movie. But I feel like Finn's story was already that being turned from the dark side, which is this, being a stormtrooper, to becoming a Jedi in the first movie. That was an interesting arc. But they didn't really delve into it. And then it. also, like, there's so much story with Finn that they're just leaving on the back burner. Because, like, the fact that he was with the First Order. So these are his friends, his colleagues, his co-workers. Yes. Maybe people that he had relationships with, like lovers or whatever. Because we don't know if people in the First Order are women or not or whatever. And now he's fighting them. He's killing them. He's killing his friends. And that traitor like, guy was one of his friends. Yeah. Like that, there's so much backstory and him just saying, traitor! And they don't fucking even talk about it. And even in the second movie with uh, The Last Jedi, with him fighting Phasma, that, that's like arguably him fighting his version of Darth Vader. But they don't even really, like, you don't they feel don't, that emotional weight. You don't feel it at all. It's an, it's an afterthought. But meanwhile, what are we, what are we focusing on? We're back to the, the strong female characters not being strong characters. What's Ray fighting for? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, 
found a lifesaver. I brought it to Luke, and he didn't want to train me. And then I fought this guy. I just met Kylo Ren. Like, there's no story there. Yeah, there's no story. It's just, oh, I found out I have, I have force powers. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, the real meat of that new trilogy is Finn. But, nah, he's black. Don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I bet money. And Rise of Skywalker, you know he ain't going to do shit. You know he's just going to be in the background. Maybe he'll have one cute he, he might. He might do more. You think? No. <laughs> they didn't even let him sacrifice himself in Last Jedi. He was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be an important character. And Rose is like, nah, nah, motherfucker. <laughs> you can't. We're not going to win this war by fighting. We have to fight. What, what, even Rose. Like, you didn't really see Rose in the trailers for the Rise of, Rise of Skywalker. No one likes her. Has... It was really just Finn, Poe, and Rey. Because she's an Af- she was made up by Ryan Johnson as an afterthought character, and even then, like they're supposed to be the new Han, Luke, and Leia, but it's like you don't really feel a connection between the three of them. They just met in the last ep- in the end of the last episode. Well, I mean, so did they just met in uh, the the A New Hope. They like they didn't really know each other. What Leia, Han, and Luke? Yeah, no, but I mean, Poe just met Rey for the first time at the uh, end yeah, of yeah, Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're they're shaking hands on the Falcon. It's like. I feel like this should have been established episode episode seven, not eight. <laughs> at the end of eight, even. Yeah, at the end. <laughs> yeah. The more you talk about the news trilogy, the more it's like, man, they they did not. They dropped the ball. They completely. They didn't plan it out at all. And it hurts for me because I was like a bit advocate for Last Jedi and for Force Awakens. <laughs> you trash. <laughs> I, I was blinded by the cool images. You know nothing, Jordan Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Game of Thrones. Uh. Speaking of something, I dropped yeah, the ball. Exactly. <laughs> ah, all this heartache. <laughs> uh, let's see. Our next email comes from Dio Ade. African Revolution slash Joker rant. Okay, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the Joker rant for after Joker. But he says, good day, guys. Dio here. Nice to see I'm not the only African person listening to the podcast. We have our own little crew of like three out of one billion people. I'm liking those numbers. Bio, oh, Dio, Bio, and Nana. Man, I hope I said those names right. I'm turning on my back to all the other Africans out there to write a review or send an email. Let's get this Kibudu party rolling. I guess Kibudu means party. Kibudu, oh, there we go. Kibudu is Yoruba for party. Yoruba is a Nigerian language. Yeah, Yoruba. Yoruba. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Somebody's here to check me. Put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> I am the butcher of words. Anyways, I wanted to talk about two things. One, the Sticks and Stones special, and two, the Joker movie. So we're going to talk about the Sticks and Stones thing in his email, but we're going to save the Joker for afterwards. Uh, the Sticks and Stones. I know I'm digging up old bones, but listening to Jordan speak about the special was really relatable. I had seen the special not long after it came out, and I do believe he spoke the minds of most people, which is why it has a 98% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. He spoke astutely on the difference, the difference, anxieties, and social taboos we face every day on the internet and in our daily lives. He just pointed it out uh, in a funny way, so we can all laugh, uh, so we can all laugh at and with ourselves. I agree with Jordan in everything. Well, everything except the use of the word faggot. There I have to side with Michael, being from Africa, a place where just being homosexual is downright federal offense, with a punishment of up to 14 years in prison. Homophobia is pretty much the norm. I personally am an ally, and from my experience, the word faggot is a layered slur used to put down people, making them less than human. Maggots. Oh, maggots, if you will. I don't think the LGBT movement has reached a point where it is ready to take back that word. There's honestly still so much to do for them, and we should respect that enough to just avoid the word altogether until we are ready to have that conversation. 
I talked with my LGBT friends about it, and they expressed their hatred of the, for the word and it being used. Note, my friends aren't out of the closet necessarily, but they know my stand and are just comfortable talking to me about it. Again, I think we owe it to the LGBT community to not call them that, comedy skit or not. There are other word, other ways to joke about homosexuality without using that word. And then it's in the Joker, so I will save that part. But anything you want to say about that part so far? Yes, I agree. I mean, I already gave, my, I already gave, my, I already gave my rant about that word, so yeah. it's like... I, I, I respect his opinion. I just like respect your opinion, but I still stand by my assertion that if we can use words like nigger, kike, Jew, whatever slur we use for comedic purposes, we can use that word too. I think it's about context. If the context is something that's, you know, used in a vehement or uh, aggressive manner, that's one thing. But if it's something for comedy, I think we should be able to joke about anything. I haven't really heard too many people using Jewish slurs in comedy. I have. Jewish people. <laughs> but that goes to the point I literally said about the faggot words. Like, I, mean, every, I mean, even by people. I've seen other people do it too. It's just about how it's being used in context. I've seen white people use the word nigger on, on, in comedy specials. Either to make a point why, or to make a joke. Calling me? Oh. I'm not answering. But yeah, I don't think we should ever get to the point where if you're not this, you can't use that because it's slippery slope. And just like before, when I talked about a slippery slope on this podcast about things like uh, representation, and now you agree with me with on that in that respect because we've got so many race changes and, and sexuality swaps and, and, and superhero media. I feel like in the same way, if we start telling people, well, if you're not this, then you can't use that word and start restricting language in that way, we're going to go down the same kind of slippery slope. But I do understand where you're coming from. And just like I understand what Dio's saying. Yeah, and everything else is Joker, so I'm going to save that. It's a lot. Oh, ew. He says he likes BBS. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, I respect your I opinion. I don't know if I respect that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Joshua Atkins. Oh, here's what I was talking about before with the smoke detector. He says, hey, guys, no need to read this on the air. Oh, well, then I won't. But he was just saying that the, the no, smoke detector. Read it, read it on the air. I, he just says that uh, in your last episode, there was constant beeping. just letting you know this was your smoke detector signaling that the battery was dead. He's looking out for our safety. So he knows that a fire won't start while we're talking. <laughs> and you... Hear nothing now, right? No, I don't hear anything. I don't notice any beeping. No. I didn't, and I think like somebody else hit me up about it too. I was like, honestly, I didn't even notice it when we were recording. Yeah, I think it's different when we're talking. We can't hear small noises like that, but when someone's listening, I, I heard it in the playback, but I didn't hear it while we were talking. But we fixed it. <laughs> Production value. <laughs> and until there's another noise, like that tapping, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know what that is. Ghosts. <laughs> Ah, uh, but on that note, talking about ghosts. Are there ghosts? <laughs> now I'm trying to think of a witty segue from ghosts. <laughs> Speaking of ghoulish things. <laughs> there okay. we go. Let's talk about Joaquin Phoenix's ghoulish performance as the Joker. Is it just me or is it getting crazier out there? You think men like Thomas Wayne ever think what it's like to be someone like me? Just go before you make a fool of yourself. I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. Is it ghoulish? <laughs> I don't know if that works. There were, 
<laughs> no, there were some scenes where he looked pretty monstrous. Like, I mean, you see him in the trailers too, where like he, it's just his. What's the phrase? Is it body dysmorphia? Is that the right phrase? It's, it's not body horror, but like it's how emaciated he looks. Yeah, and, he did lose a lot of weight for the role. Yeah, and some of the positions he would be in, like he, and it wasn't like he was trying to elicit like, you know, like a scary imagery in the way he was moving. It's just the way he looked and the positions he was in, the things he was doing, came off a little disturbing, scary. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, take that. Segway appropriate. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, and for those that know our range three home blurred vision, I will drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system. It goes from poor vision to perfect vision. In the middle there's passable, and then you have less than passable and more than passable. Thank you, catch upon. Woo boy. I want some pizza. What the fuck? <laughs> What's we doing the food, man? Every time we do a podcast now, it's like, I'm hungry. Because I just wake up. We record right after I wake up. So I'm, I haven't eaten yet. So I'm hungry. You want to sip my coffee? It's, That's not food. What is that? It's good for an appetite suppressor, though. I don't drink coffee. Oh, really? No. Oh, That's why my teeth are so yellow. I drink so much black coffee. But anyway. Coffee's fucking disgusting. It is. I just drink it to stay alive. Drink it? To stay alive. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for me. Really? Caffeine doesn't work for me. You don't get wired at all? No. Well, why? I actually get sleep, sleepy. So you're in a constant state of arousal? Yes. Okay. That <laughs> explains I'm, a lot, actually. I'm aroused right now. Exactly. <laughs> Push your dick away, Michael. Talk about Joker right now. <laughs> it's yeah, like uh, Tanjiro. Constant total state of breathing, whatever. <laughs> breathing concentration, 24-7. <laughs> constant dick breathing? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's about the dick talk. That's about some, some Joker, which did actually... Which is, I was going to say, there's some dick talk in that, too. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I was going to say that there are some dicks in Joker, but not literal dicks, like figurative dicks. Well, I was, I was going to use the literal. There's no dicks in Joker. Well, he was jerking, he was jerking off at one point. He was? Remember that right before? Oh, no. Oh, it's a spoiler. Never mind. <laughs> I definitely got to hear this. I'm like, I don't remember that scene. I, I look away. <laughs> he, he, block he, it? he was about to start jerking off, but he got interrupted. Uh, yeah, we got you. Got to explain that scene to me. I mean, it's not. It's not a spoiler. Right before, right before he gets the call to be on the show, he was in bed in in his underwear, and he puts his hand down his pants, and then the phone rings. Man, I don't know what I was watching. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. Maybe I was fucking. <laughs> I was so fixated on the performance. I was like, oh, it's a it's a brilliant actor. <laughs> Is he matching me? <laughs> he was about to, and I was like. Joker doesn't do this. I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? I, I could totally see Joker masturbating. He's no, totally I see Joker's asexual. But he's, except he's like, for Batman. Exactly. He loves Batman. So. Well, there's no Batman in this. Uh, well, well, well. He's not Batman. Well. <laughs> but yeah, man, let's let's talk about the Joker. Cause this movie, I mean, there's been so much hype, so much infamy surrounding this thing. So many people were afraid that so it was going to... Controversy. Yeah, controversy that people were afraid that it was going to incite like the incel community to have like a, a, a uprising of domestic oh, yeah, there was, terrorists. There was, there was security at my theater. Yeah, even at my theater, there was a lot of security. Like A lot of cops just like walking around and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. Was this a... Is this a real product of this movie potentially inciting violence or is this more of our Over, fear oh, culture? Yeah, overblown. I think it's part of our. I think it's our fear. I, I guess I'll say it now. I, I feel like it was our fear culture. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both because you do had you had incidents where people shot up a movie theater. Incident, isn't there one? Well, well, there was one incident where he called himself the Joker. Yeah. 
but there were other incidents where movie theaters have been shot up. Because of the Joker thing? No, I was just saying, it's not because of the Joker oh, thing, oh, just oh. in general. Oh, yeah. In general, yeah. But So maybe it was just preemptive, preemptive measures, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of the controversy is because of our, our fear-mongering media society right now. Whereas it's sensa- it, it's so easy to get clicks when you sensationalize Well, yeah, I was going to say, things. but that's also what sells papers. The majority, I said the biggest problem with the news media in general is they have a sensationalism bias. People say, oh, you have a left-wing bias. No, they don't have a left-wing bias. They have a sensationalism bias. And they know what sells. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, that's why I feel like they lead a lot with like, a, oh, this character is going to be this race because they know race baiting creates controversy and that creates clicks. Yeah, that's why CNN would talk about, oh, they're going to have a gay wedding on Mars. Why are you talking about this, CNN? Sensationalism. Because they want to stir up controversy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, where's all our alt-right people get angry? <laughs> and then I want the liberal people to get angry back and then we'll, all the comments fill up. Yes, yes. Like puppets. Yeah. And that's right in line with I think a lot of the themes of Joker were which was our society and how manipulative it is and how uh, socioeconomic issues. And there's a lot of messages in this movie beyond just domestic terrorism. Um, and I would like to talk to them, talk to you about them. Uh, so you want to talk about your thoughts first, your non-spoilery thoughts, and then afterwards we'll give our spoiler, our ratings and then our spoilery review. Okie dokie, man. Okie dokie. Okie dokie, Joker. <laughs> so with the Joker, I said before that when we did our most anticipated movies of 2019, Hmm. this was on my list of one of my most anticipated movies of 2019. And then on top of that, because, you know, when you think about somebody like the Joker, like he's one of the most iconic supervillains of pretty much all time. And uh, he's a lot of people's favorite supervillain. He's not mine, but... He's definitely in the top three. For sure. I think mine is Doctor... Well, not I think. My my favorite is Doctor Doom. Really? Yeah. I think Joker's my, mine. And then Magneto might be over that. Mm. And then I think Joker probably be my number three. See, I think Joker's my number one just because of his unpredictability. But then I was going to say, but then also going with that, like, truth of the matter is, like, when you think about it, Joker, out of most villains, Joker is the one that's really a pure villain. Like, there's no moments... A redemption, mm. for the most part, for the Joker. Yeah, he's chaotic evil. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Doctor Doom, you can reason with them to some extent. Yeah. Whereas Doctor Doom, there are moments where like he does good things, or you go to like Latveria. Latveria is a paradise. Granted, he rules with an iron thumb, and he he'll kill you if you fucking cross him. Yeah. But his his place is still a paradise. Yeah. Somebody like the Joker, the whole world will be chaos. He will burn it all down. Yeah. <laughs> some men just want to see the world burn. Oh yeah. <laughs> And, um, so, but once we saw the trailer for the Joker, I, as I watched the trailer, I was like, uh, it's not kind of not what I was expecting <laughs> for, for the movie. I don't know what it was I was expecting, but it looked, it looked a little too artsy mm. for, for, with the trailer. But going into the movie, I got to say, I really enjoyed a lot of Joaquin Phoenix's performance mm. and a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like, just a lot of the subtlety. There was a lot of subtlety in his performance. Oh yeah, for sure. And even the 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 laugh you mimicked in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, and I and I, and I kind of I actually enjoyed the the explanation for the Joker laugh. 
and how they it's say, a condition <laughs> yeah and how they said how they said it like his his laugh the reason he laughs like that is a mental it's a part of his mental illness yeah and you can see that in the very first laugh where it was painful yeah like he's not trying to he, laugh. yeah he's not trying to laugh he's actually trying to stifle his laugh yeah because he's like no stop i don't want to do this this is something i you know don't want to embrace because people are going to look at me like i'm weird yeah and i i i like that because it was a different explanation for him for the laugh as opposed to him just laughing just because. Yeah, I mean, before you were saying how Joker is like an irredeemable kind of figure with no redemption, but like that, in the first scene when you see him laughing like that, you automatically get some humanity in his character. It's like, oh, he doesn't want to laugh. Like, you, you feel bad for him in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of which, there there were a lot of moments like that where it's like they did try to humanize the Joker in that and because i saw a lot of people they do have they had issues with the fact that again you mentioned the joker he's chaotic evil he's somebody that you shouldn't empathize with and people took issue with the fact that in doing this movie is creating empathy sympathy whatever you want to call it for domestic terrorists for yeah for terrorists and i didn't necessarily have a i necessarily have an issue with that because when they announced that they were going to do a joker movie you knew that's what you were going to get because obviously it's about the origins of how he became the Joker. Like for the most part, if you're go- if you're gonna go into this movie thinking you're gonna get a lot of Joker in this movie, you're not. He doesn't become the Joker until the end of the movie. Yeah. What it is is you see the small concessions and big concessions and just just the moments that it takes to see him dip into the madness that is the Joker. And it's not so much one bad day. It's uh... yeah. I was ju- I was I was, <laughs> I was literally just about to say when you think yeah. about something like the killing joke, he says he became the Joker because all it takes is one bad day to become like me. More like With him, it life. was one bad life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I enjoyed seeing all of that. Seeing so it's like throughout the whole movie, you're like, you know, he's going to become the Joker, but you're almost rooting for him not, not to, to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Wait, am I rooting for the Joker right now? (laughs) How did the movie make me do this? Okay. And like the way it was shot and and granted, I I, I noticed like because there were certain scenes where the movie was filmed in Newark. And I was like, oh, I see Newark. It looked very, okay. I I was like, it looks I see my hometown. Okay, yeah. And I got to watch, I got to watch the movie again. This might be an error on the movie doesn't take away from a rating or anything, but like, it's just something I noticed. What? I think I saw a sign that said Newark. Really? In the very beginning. But I got to watch it again. I think that's just my... It could have been my eyes playing a trick because I knew they were filming in Newark. But I think I saw a sign that said Newark. I'm like, uh-oh. It's the masturbation scene. It's all fake. It's all, it's all your mind. <laughs> but yeah, but overall, like, I really liked just the fact that this wasn't so much a comic book movie no. like this was ma- basically like if the joker was in real life. like it was basically the dark knight version of the joker in the sense that they tried to put batman in the real world yeah that was gonna say like i, I made the comparison on my instagram account too when my little review it felt joaquin phoenix's feel like if joker was in the real world even though the irony is christopher I, nolan said that like that, that was the point of the dark knight series to Put these characters, put these in, the characters in the real world. But then you take his version of the Joker. That version of the Joker was kind of comic booky. Yeah, he was villainous. He was he was a mastermind. Yeah, he might have been like you know chaotic and crazy, but at the same time, he joked about not having a plan at all. But he had some kind of a plan. That's why he was able to organize those his resources. He's able to enact those like crazy terrorist terrorism situations. But like this Joker feels like a real person. Like he doesn't feel as like as big as the the Heath Ledger Joker. 
Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. And uh, overall, I think the thing that I, the, the biggest issue I had with it, and it's a small gripe, was the speech that he gave at the end. I thought that was way too on the nose and uh, way too preachy. Okay, and I was like, it doesn't feel Joker-esque. Really? I feel like that was one of the most jokery moments of the whole thing. Nah, I don't, I don't think so. Did you feel like it wasn't a Joker moment or was it an Arthur Fleck moment? It wasn't a Joker moment. Oh, okay. Interesting. It, it, it seemed like a speech Arthur Fleck would give, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. I, I kind of I I agree with you. But it felt like it's a version... This Joker would give that sort of speech, but not the comic book Joker. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing I was like, yeah. I get what you're saying, but yeah. it's a little too preachy. Mm. Uh, it felt like a, a like a like an urban terrorist or domestic terrorist like suicide note. Yeah. Yeah. And even somebody like Robert De Niro, like I, I enjoy even his performance. He wasn't in the movie that much, but it felt like he wasn't just phoning it in and just collecting a paycheck, which mm. some big actors do end up doing when they do these types of movies. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I enjoy, and the thing I also enjoyed that I wasn't a fan of when I saw the trailer is what they ended up doing with Zazie Beetz's character. Ooh, we gonna talk about Zazie Beetz's character. Yeah, that was a big turning point for me because I had an issue with that when I was same, watching the trailer. But then same. I was like, oh, okay, this is fucking brilliant. Yes, this is brilliant. It's funny we were thinking the same thing then because like halfway through the movie, you're like, man, she's like one of the weakest characters in this. Like that, their relationship because it's not spores. It's kind of in the trailer. Yeah, it's in the trailer that they yeah. have a relationship. Like it's very, it's weak. But then when they reveal what's going on, it's like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. So overall, I I enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I would. Granted, like I said, it was my most anticipated, but I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of the year. That still goes to Ready or Not. But you said it was wait, Ready or Not. Yeah, Ready or Not. I thought you said it was John Wick or whatever. Well, John John Wick and Ready or Not were competing. Uh, I think I think I might have settled on Ready or Not. I don't know. I still have to figure it out. Fucking disgust me. But I, 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 <laughs> Endgame's not that, that list? <laughs> not in my top three. Oh, you sickened me. <laughs> Joker may be on the top. I don't know. I, I have to figure it out where, where it sits on my favorite movies of the year. Okay. But overall, I would give the movie a perfect vision. Okay. I'm just gonna echo a lot of what you were already saying. I mean, especially the things about the. I didn't go into this enough on my Instagram page, but the cinematography in this movie is fucking beautiful. Yeah, cinematography. And is I'm great. not a big like visual, just like I'm. I like the bombast of like an end game. Like I noticed that shit, big CGI, it's everywhere, all oh, explosions and giant sweeping landscapes and battles. Oh but yeah, like, the CGI in this movie was terrible. Was there any? No, I was. Just, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, was like, I don't think there was. No, there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, not that I can notice anyway. But uh, it's just the, just how things are shot. You get so much emotion just just seeing this world and watching Arthur Flex. I don't even call it descent into madness because he starts the movie off already mad. He's already a, like a psychiatric patient that's like going to therapy and you know trying to keep his life together. He just goes madder by the end. Um, I just think it was Walking Phoenix's performance was amazing. I'm the opposite of you. You said it was your most anticipated movie of the year. I was looking forward to it, but especially after the standing ovation thing, I was very jaded. I'm like. It's just going to be BVS 2.0. It's going to be mediocre at best. I didn't expect to enjoy this movie nearly as much as I did because, honestly, it blew me away. Not only in the visual storytelling, um, not only in the writing overall, 
um, some of the twists and turns that happen in this film, but Joaquin Phoenix's performance, I was not expecting such a deep character study. And I've seen people online kind of complaining that, oh, the first hour plus is kind of boring, it's so slow. But I'm like, that's because you're not, It's like you said, it's not a comic book movie. This is a a story about a man becoming his true self. And yeah, like, the movie was definitely a very, it was a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was necessary, though. It, it was necessary. And yeah, there were moments where I was thinking in my head, not a lot, but I was like, all right, I'm ready for him to become the Joker at this point. Really? There were, it was, if there was some, there was like a small moment where I was like, okay, I want to see him become the Joker. I would like to hear what those moments are in spoilers, but there was, I, I just feel like everything that happened in this film, there were so many scenes. I, I feel like there was no, almost no scenes that were wasted. Everything played into either. A, a push toward like closer toward him becoming Joker or just understanding why this guy is the way he is. Um, and he did a good job of kind of having juxtaposition between him and the rest of Gotham. There's some moments in the comedy club specifically that I want to talk about in spoilers. I'm just like, that's basically him in a nutshell. And it was just so many little character beats that ended up adding to the bigger picture by the end. So like all of those slow parts in the beginning felt like they all had a great payoff by the time you get to the last scene. And that's the thing. When you get to the end of this movie, I, I scoffed at the eight-minute standing ovation. And I don't think even I would give it an eight-minute standing ovation. That's no, crazy. I wouldn't give it a, no. I, That's too much. That's, for eight minutes, <laughs> I'd be tired by like the second minute. <laughs> like, all right, I'm done. My hands hurt. <laughs> but as a comic book fan, even though this is not a comic book-like movie, I feel like they did give enough nods toward... Uh, comic version of Joker and Batman in that world that that ending really felt like a comic book payoff. Part of me though, the ending ending, I feel like they don't need it. They didn't need it. The, the absolute ending? The absolute ending. We gotta talk about that because there's a lot of different theories about what that even means. Some of them I don't like. Other ones I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Um, I also know what your interpretation of the ending was because there's multiple interpretations of that too. And on that note, I think it was very cool that even though, again, it's not a comic book Joker movie, because by the end, he's, he's, he's like a terrorist. He's, he's like a, a mentally ill terrorist that assumed the identity of Joker once he accepted himself as a homicidal kind of maniac. Um, but like in the best parts of The Killing Joke, which is, you know, if, if the Joker's going to have an origin story, he, it should be multiple choice. They do a lot in this movie to keep you guessing. So you not yeah because even when they kind of reveal his origin they don't because there's contradictions yes and you don't know what's true like there's there's some evidence here some evidence there but they don't give you anything definite to actually be like no that's definitely how it how it went down and that's definitely who this person is um and I really enjoyed yeah that. I like that they were they were able to keep even though they changed so much about the Joker they were able to keep the essence of the Joker the same and I think that's the most important part of a comic book adaptation. The, I would also say that the, the performances overall were really good. Like you kind of mentioned Robert De Niro's performance, like he was great. Zazie Beats for how much she's in the movie is great. Um, I feel like there was no weak links in the supporting cast. But on that note, I mean, I feel like ninety nine percent of it is Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, it's, it's he all in, he's in basically every scene. Yeah, it's everything's from his perspective, and I think that's a benefit to the movie that he doesn't buckle under that pressure. If anything, I feel like he elevates it. And I feel like he does what the best Jokers do. I'm really talking about Heath Ledger here. To a lesser extent, Mark Hamill, but it's harder with animation. Every scene that he's in, to me at least, was captivating. 
I was interested in every movement he was making. Everything was unpredictable. Like his his small nuances in his performance, the coughing, um, the the way his 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 face would change when people would like say things to him, uh, the way he would process things. It, it's a character study in the best way because I was I was never bored by watching his performance. Um, but yeah, I, if I would give this a rating, I, pff, definitely Perfect Vision. And coming from me, like I, I did not think going into this film, it had, it had no right. Like, come on, man. How many Batman-centric movies in the last couple of years? Justice League, BVS. Those, those are huge blockbusters. They all were fucking trash. Like, they, they're all garbage compared to this. Birds of Prey is coming out. Oh, also going to be trash. <laughs> but this, like, to take such a big risk of doing a solo villain movie to make it R-rated, to be something so focused on just... And I think this is definitely going to set a precedent of them doing more. Like, and, and, and in a lot of ways, I feel like if this is the direction DC is going to go, I think they can end up, maybe not in terms of box office, but they can end up surpassing Marvel in terms of people's... Oh, like critical acclaim? Or? Yes. Especially if this movie does get nominated and wins an Oscar. He's that's my next thing. Joaquin Phoenix is definitely going to win Oscar for this. Well, I don't know. I want how, Tony Stark you know, to win. You know how? Well, Disney said they're not pushing for him to get nominated. Oh, that's fucked up. But, <laughs> At least try, damn. But you know how the Academy is—they're not going to have a superhero movie win for like best actor or anything like that. Yeah, but the Academy also loves when people play deranged people. You know what I mean? With people with mental illness, especially. That's yeah, a but thing. not in a comic book. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like this is grungy enough and, and, also, and, and, like, and I feel realistic like, enough that it's not comic booky. And like honestly, I feel like this movie was an idea that Todd Phillips came up with, but then when he approached the studio to do it, they were like, "Nah, we're not gonna we're gonna pass on this movie." But then he was like, "Oh, but no, it's a Joker movie." Okay, green light. Mm. Like this movie is the least. That's why I mentioned like it's not a comic book movie. Like it's not a Joker movie. Like you call this movie some. You call this movie the life, the life and fall of Arthur, and you don't really lose anything. <laughs> tears of a clown, something like that. Yeah, tears of a clown. Yeah, and you don't lose or gain anything from the movie. Like it's the same movie, except for the very end. But yeah, yeah, except for the very end. But I feel like that was thrown in. It felt very thrown in, but that's honestly like, almost a studio mandate. But. I like that. It made me go like, "Ooh, I like this a lot." It made me Are wish they, they that it's become Pennywise. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job, Joker. Oh. Um, and before getting spoilers, I do want to make one note though, that for an R-rated movie and for something that was like, like, so controversial with like all oh, the even us when we saw the trailer, we were like, "Oh, it's so vague. They must be hiding all of like the the crazy fucked up Joker violence." It wasn't that violent. Wasn't that, well, there wasn't that much, but they wanted to get, when it did get violent, it got violent. Yeah, but nothing crazy. Like, I've seen a lot of worse. I've seen worse on Game of Thrones. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't that bad. Well, yeah, but if you still do what they did, that's still rated R. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think a lot of people, including myself, I was expecting more. I was expecting, like, by the end, he's going to go full, like murder blood everywhere like even even it i think was more gruesome in parts yeah yeah but i i of course blood sex gore magic i wanted more gore <laughs> i think it could have handled more gore but what they did i think was great oh and this is my last note actually i did not think that there would ever be an origin story that rivaled the killing joke but i think and granted this is not the comic book joker but i think for a joker origin this is among the best. And I think rivals the killing joke and in some ways even surpasses it. High praise. 
very high praise. Would you agree with that or not? I'll elaborate more when we get into sports in a second, but because even the kill, like for the for the, for the, I guess for this movie, this is granted there was some uh, inconsistencies in terms of the story, in terms of like where his origin lies. But for the most part, this is like an actual origin for this version of the Joker. But even the Killing Joke, we don't really know. It's like an Elseworld Batman. Well, I was going to say, even the killing joke isn't actually his origin. That's just a story. But they don't say, like, that's his origin. That's just the closest we have to yeah. a Joker origin. Mm. All right, so these are the spoilers, because I just want to elaborate on that. Um, I, and what I was saying that I feel like it surpasses the killing joke in some ways. Because I feel like the point of the killing joke, to some extent, is to make you feel sympathy for the Joker. To make you feel like this, this monster had some form of like humanity inside of him that was lost. And I feel like this movie does a lot better of a job to make you feel for that character than uh, the Killing Joke did, because even though like you know the events themselves are tragic, where in the Killing Joke he loses his wife and his unborn son or daughter, um, and then he, you know he loses everything and then becomes the Joker because Batman pushes him into the vat of chemicals or whatever. Even though that was a tragic event, they didn't give you enough time to actually care about that that much, like emotionally. But be- by the time you get to the end of this movie. You know, I had an investment in in Arthur's relationship with his mother, his relationship with his relationship, quote unquote, with Zazie Beetz. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like there were a lot of moments in this where I legitimately and genuinely felt bad for Arthur Fleck. There are moments where I'm like, yeah, fuck them all. Kill them all, Joker. <laughs> fuck those dudes. <laughs> so in the train, when they get to the train scene and his first actual kills. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, we're in spoilers now, guys. <laughs> Just so you know, spoilers. I wanted him to have more redemption, though. More redemption? Yeah. In what way? In the sense, and I don't mean redeem him as a character. I don't mean that type of redemption. I mean yeah. once he embraced his crazy yeah. to go after more people that did him wrong. Like the kids that broke the sign on his face. How's he gonna find them? I don't figure it out. <laughs> Joker is a super genius in the comics. He's not, just crazy. Not this Joker. So though. what? Find him. <laughs> and that's the thing. And like, kill him. Kill him all. <laughs> kill him all, Joker. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, though. Or this, his boss that fired him. Yeah, true. That's a good point. But this Joker, yeah, even by the end, yeah, maybe he becomes the 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 clown prince of crime of all all the other you know crazy people wearing the Joker mask, but. He's not really, he's not particularly smart. If this was the Joker that the Batman had to fight, it'd be over in the first yeah, day. over. The day one, there he is, one punch. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> Crime is solved. <laughs> like, he's not strong. He's not smart. He's just a mentally ill guy that puts on some Joker makeup and kills the people. And kills that, people. Yeah, kills the people that he, he, he hates or he feels wronged against. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a mastermind. No, not at all. He that, got arrested the moment he killed. That can like, fool Batman. The, no. The, one of the smartest people in the universe. No. He couldn't fool two random detectives. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Just two random Joes. You did this, didn't you? No. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> That's the entire mystery. Yeah. He just leaves bodies behind. He, the, the biggest thing he did was kill Robert De Niro's character in the very uh, Dark Knight. Returns fashion on the mm-hmm. talk show on live TV. Yeah, yeah. we also saw that coming. It's in the trailer. Yeah, we saw that coming. Yeah, but then you know they don't even, they, sh- they don't show him get arrested, but he kills him, and then I guess he's doing the Joker thing where he's like talking to the 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 camera, which is talk which is broadcasting to all of Gotham, and then right after 
You don't even show it. He's already arrested. He's already arrested. Because yeah. he, he, he can't run. He can't even run that fast. <laughs> yeah, and even the way he runs. This <laughs> is a goofy, like a long person, long arms, long legs run. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably the weakest part of the movie for me. If you're looking for like him to become the Joker, Joker, he's not. But I don't think this version of Joker he needs to be that. And yeah, even by the end, they do set up that. Yeah, this is the Batman origin where. Uh, Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne, they do go out during the chaos that um, Arthur Fleck creates after killing Robert De Niro's character. But, yeah, it's an origin story, but other than that, I could never see this Joker tying into like the DCEU or Robert Pattinson's yeah, Batman. Yeah, no, because... Even, if- Say for argument's sake, this is the Robert Pattinson's Batman. When he becomes oh, like the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix is already like 40, 40, 42 or something like that. Yeah. What is he going to be, 60 fighting Batman? He can't fight. <laughs> he can't even fight now. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be like Picard. We're going to talk about the Picard mm. trailer where Picard is sword fighting. So it's yeah. like, now get the fuck out of here. 80-year-old man sword fighting. <laughs> it would have to, he would have to become in those 20 years the more cerebral Joker we know from the comics. Unless they pull a Gotham where it's like, no, that's not the actual Joker. That's just... See, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like the idea of like, oh, the Joker just saw this guy be the Joker and just took all of his ideas from that guy. That's lame. If they're going to do it, I would rather the old Joker who can't fight, but his strength doesn't lie in his fighting ability. It lies in his, his mental abilities. But this Joker's not even that smart. So you have, no. to just, you have to use that time skip to be like, he got smart in the psychiatric yeah, he got, facility. He got smart. Bullshit. <laughs> he trained while he trained his brain while being locked up. Yeah, bullshit. I would be okay with it insofar as I like Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of the character, but in terms of like the story, that's probably that'd be like a it'd be a leap, but it'd be a leap I'd be willing to take just for the ends justify the means. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, tell me talk to me about well, how do you felt about uh some of the more spoily elements of the movie. Like one of the things I was talking about in my review about character moments that really felt like, Oh, this is the Joker. Like the moment in the comedy club where he's taking notes and he's like trying to come up with his own comedy skit. Yeah. And, and he's laughing on all the wrong beats of the joke. And it's just, it's, it's eerie. It's disturbing to watch. Cause like everyone's laughing at the funny parts. And when everyone's silent, silent. that's when he starts laughing. (laughs) I'm like, yo, bro, you don't get this at all. They're right. Sex jokes are funny. <laughs> always like the sex jokes are always funny. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> no, is that yeah. what you got from this? Yeah. <laughs> and even his his note, his journal or whatever, like the weird like nude bodies that were like cut up, like and like and like and like uh, taped into it. Uh huh. It was just weird. Or like, what did he write? My death would be funnier than my life, or something like that. I hope my death makes more sense, and sense is and like sense, like the yeah, like coins. The coins. Yeah, it's more it makes more sense than my life. I'm like, that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> the thing, yeah. I'm, and that's also another thing. Like this movie was surprisingly funnier than I thought it would be, and some of the comedy, but not ha ha funny. No, but <laughs> well, no, some of it. Like the moment he was in the kids' hospital, he's the clown. Oh yeah, and, and the gun, the gun. <laughs> He looks at like, Shh. it's like, no, nah, man, we all saw that. It's a prop. It was just a prop, okay? Like, that was funny. It was funny, okay. And the audience even laughed. Not, not like intentional funny. Like, it wasn't like he was making a joke. And well, no, rap- he wasn't making a joke, yeah. but I feel like the, the movie was. Yeah, the, the action. The movie was trying to elicit you to laugh in that moment. Or even yeah. the moment where he kills his coworker that gives him the, uh, 
the gun. Mm. And that, but before we get to that, that that moment hurt me when he when he's talking to his boss on the phone, and you think that's man. I felt so bad for him because the world just keeps beating him down. The people, the, even the people that you think are on his side by the end, they never were. So that guy who gives him the gun, you think he's like trying to help him out as a friend, like to to defend himself when he got yeah, he lies the sign. On him. Yeah, he told the the guy like, no man, I didn't give him shit. What are you talking about? So then when he's talking to his boss, the guy says like, yeah man, I didn't I didn't give him shit. And he's like, wait, what's his name said that? Like you could tell he was hurt. Like I thought he was my friend. Like no, he wasn't. But yeah, what were you saying? But I was saying when he st- when he stabs him with the scissors, and then the the uh, the guy, the, the little, little person. person, he's trying to open the door. He can't he can't reach it. That so was funny, like, but also it goes back to the unpredictability of Walking Phoenix's joke. It's just like the best jokers in general. Because were you, did you think? Yeah, I don't know if he was gonna kill him or not. Me, I was like, was that on purpose? Did he do that knowing that the little guy would try and get to that and he wouldn't be able to just so he can stab him then? But no, he gave him like a very real kind of like you know mass shooter moment where it's like you were always nice to me and let's and kind of kisses him in the forehead and lets him go yeah like and I, I, I that's another thing i feel like a lot of the controversy comes from moments like that where it feels like they are trying to make you feel sympathy for someone who is like a mass shooter especially in this you know very sensitive time we're in but I feel like that's a that was a very real moment like I don't think we should shy away from things that are pulled from real life. I think it, it 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 opens the conversation and things like you know maybe we shouldn't be ignoring things like mental illness maybe we should not ignore people's warning signs or or well, do yeah. the easy thing like ostracize the, the thing that, that I weird. did the thing that I did like about the movie where it said something about where it said mental illness it said something about fuck what did it say Wait, in his notes in his notes oh um I I know what you're talking people, about I like people that too. expect you not to be the worst thing about mental illness is that people expect you not to have or act like you do have it. Act like you don't. Yeah, act like you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Which is true. And that's how we, like, that's how we, that's how we treat people. Mm-hmm. Or, like, think about people that do have mental illness. Instead of putting them in a hospital, we put them in jail. Yeah. And it's like, that's not going to help. That's just going to make it worse. Yeah. So, but, what was I saying? Oh, the thing, see, the controversy, people that have issues with this movie, like, a lot of it is because it's like, oh, you're trying to, elicit sympathy for a guy that you shouldn't get sympathy for like this is a guy that's basically a terrorist yeah we shouldn't be rooting for him and i get that argument but at the same time me too i need to this is fiction yeah this isn't reality yeah there's one thing if you're rooting for the boston boston bomber which actually happened it's another thing entirely to be rooting for a comic book villain like how many times have we watched movies where it's just like, kill them, kill them all. Like Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah. Bad, The Walking Sons Dead. Of the Walking Dead. I've seen people say, Oh, I want Rick to kill them. Technically, Rick would be a terrorist with yeah. the number of humans that he's murdered. Or talk about uh Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I mean Jurassic World uh Battle of Big Rock. What was the thing that I said? I wanted to kill I wanted him to kill all the babies. <laughs> oh my god, you sick bastard. I wanted all the babies to die. Does that mean I'm gonna go out and fucking murder babies or whatever? Or mm. I like I talk about all the time. I things I love. Blood sex gore and magic. Like, do I wanna go out and actually go and and murder a bunch of people? But no, when it comes to fiction, like or you or think something like Grand Theft Auto, you just random randomly run over pedestrians. Yeah, is that, just is that because, terrorist training? Yeah, <laughs> just because you can. It's like yeah. I'm not doing that in real life. So it's like, yeah, you might be rooting for the Joker, but that's you have to be able to separate rooting for a fictional character and 
actually looking at something as horrific as a mass shooting and still being able to separate that. And yes, there are people in reality that can't separate. They'll look at something like the Joker and use it as inspiration. But it's like... Those same people will get inspiration from anything. But I was going to say, but those same people will get inspiration from anything. Yeah. And you can't more or less... Like, yeah, in terms of... In general, if, if you have... If you do art, you do have somewhat of a responsibility to be able to portray your art respectfully in certain aspects. But at the same time, just because you're doing a movie about the Punisher doesn't mean, or just because you have a movie about the Punisher doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because there are alt writers that take the Punisher as a symbol. It's like you can't necessarily focus on that small minority of people. What about the large majority of people that just look at the Punisher as a super or or as a villain or not even a villain but as a vigilante? Anti-hero. Yeah, anti-hero or not even because some people are like, well, he's not really an anti-hero. He's a murderer. Mm. It's like, yeah, he is but still, you can root for a murderer. Yeah. How many movies have they done like Natural Born Killers or Psycho yeah. that focus on a villain? It's just our very PR culture right now, our PC culture. But I, I just feel like Especially right now with the like, the Joker, you should look at it within context. Again, it's always about context, and I feel like his character it it's it's human nature to have empathy for somebody. And the whole point of this movie is to watch this character who you do have empathy for to some extent, just as a person. Like you, no one wants to see someone get beat down. That's what his whole life is. He's an underdog. But I also don't think the movie is justifying him doing these heinous acts either. I think it's just showing you this character kind of unraveling to the point where he does commit these horrible acts, but not supposed to like be rooting for him. In fact, I think what is cool about this movie is it makes you feel disturbed because on some level you do root for him. And I feel like that's what sticks with you by the end of the movie. Cause it's like, ah, ah I see where he was coming from. But at the same time, I, I can never commend actions like this. And it's that, that uncomfortable level of like discomfort that I think is where the, the true art of this movie lies. It makes you think about society. It makes you reflect on mental illness. It makes you reflect on how people treat each other. It makes you reflect on socioeconomic differences. Like I think that's what the important part of this movie is. Yes, and truth of the matter is, we all have darkness in us. Yeah, it's just do we choose to act on it? Or yeah, not? do we choose to act on it or not? And so, like I said, like I remember, like I was just mentioning earlier, like the old moments was like, yeah, just like don't do it, don't do it, don't do. Oh, he did it. Yeah, and there are other moments where, like in the train, where he basically stopped a potential rape. Is that what was happening in that scene where the guys were like fucking with that girl? Well, we don't know if it was a rape or. Well, I said potential because yeah. they they seem very flirty. They seemed like if he wasn't there to kind of distract them with his weird laugh, they probably would have advanced on her more than they were. And he didn't. He didn't stop it in the sense that he actively tried to stop it. The no. only reason he stopped it is because he started laughing uncontrollably and yeah, they started he felt started uncomfortable. Fo- yeah, they started focusing on him. Yeah. So it was like you know it, he didn't have his card to be like. Don't pay attention to me. I don't think they would, they would have cared. They were drunk assholes. And that no, was kind but of I'm the just point. saying, but still, because they thought he was actually just laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that was kind of the point. Like, they are assholes. So your baser instinct is like, yeah, fuck them. But then it's like, well, they're also people. They didn't deserve that. You don't know if they actually were going to do anything with that girl. It's just an assumption that you have. So it's like, you. I think the, the, the beauty of this movie is it does make you kind of question your morality a little bit. And even in the way the movie starts, like... The very first scene, you kind of feel uncomfortable and you're wondering, like, what the fuck is happening because... Who's in the mirror? 
No, no, no. no, no. When he was when he was with the therapist, the the social worker. Oh, he was laughing. And he was just laughing, and she's just staring at him. And as soon as he's done laughing, the scene, it's like the scene just starts. She's like, "So, what have you been?" Doing? And I was like, "Wait, what? Like, you're not gonna address the fact that he was laughing? Like, what? How?" And I, at first, I was like, "That was stupid." That is, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Because you didn't know he had the condition, so I was like, "Oh, I knew going into it, he had a condition." So I was like. That's a weird way to start the scene. I'm like, so you're not even going to address the fact that he was laughing? Like, it's like, oh, he was just laughing. And scene start. But you didn't, you didn't see that in his laugh. It was like, it was like, even I knew going into it, he had a condition, but the way he was laughing, like, it was like a mixture of of of, of actual laughter, of pain, of sadness. It was like he was almost crying at a point. So it's like all these emotions in the laughter. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, but even still, it's like she was just staring. She's not saying like, yeah. or just there was no moment of her saying what was so funny. It was just like, apropos of nothing, she was just like, so have you been looking for a job? I'm like, so nobody's going to address the fact that he was just laughing like, <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? That it's not till you got to later on, you got the scene where she handed the guy or the woman on the bus pay no attention to my life i'm like oh okay now the beginning scene makes sense mm, okay okay and i think that was another thing like the 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 indifference of the healthcare workers and the lack of funding that makes you know uh treating mental illness so difficult and that's like a real that's a real life thing and that's yeah that is a real thing like even the indifference of the social worker like think about public defenders people always say oh if you get a public defender you're basically screwed yeah they don't care yeah, they don't care <laughs> yeah because they don't get paid. It's like, they're, no, they're getting paid by the city, but it's not really any yeah. real money. They get, did a good job in the movie of making you feel like Gotham didn't give a fuck about the, the underdogs, like the, the, the small guys. And that's what made it feel so real when the, the, the city kind of sided with this clown vigilante that killed these rich assholes on the train. And like the slow bubbling of like the, the city's anger and animosity toward the rich slowly coming to the surface, which ended up becoming the riots that kind of fueled Joker's like mayhem at the end. Um, and that whole sequence, that's what I was saying, that, that the, the standing ovation at the end, I kind of understood. This is a Batman fan. I was getting hyped as fuck when they actually got to the scenes after the he killed uh, Robert De Niro's character and the, the city was in chaos. And it was like the, in the car scene when the police officer's like, you did this, you asshole. Look around. Are you, do you like this? And he's like, yeah. yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. it beautiful? I'm like, oh, like, that's, that's Joker. I felt very, like it's such a Joker moment. I thought he was going to die. I thought he died in the car crash when the car hit his, when the uh, the, the ambulance hit the police car. Mm-hmm. Did you think he died there or no? No. Okay. I didn't think he died. But that scene where he gets in the fucking car, like the, the police car and all the clowns are like surrounding him and cheering him on. And he's doing that, like that rhythmic dance that he does throughout the whole movie. And it's like, you feel good for the guy. Like he finally got like the the attention. Yeah, and, like, he the, finally got the the, the praise. The, yeah, the applause that he was looking for. Yeah, it just it just came not from the the comedy special he was trying to do earlier. It just came from him kind of inspiring this madness. And then and also the the the, the 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 bloody smiley doing his face. That's so Joker. And then also the thing I I liked is the callbacks of them constantly going back to the stairs. Yes. The slow climb up the stairs in the beginning, and you can see like it's through his body yeah, language how he's defeated. He was. Yeah, but then the way he came and what you see in the trailer, which obviously you knew was coming. So that's some some one thing about the trailer. Like I feel, in some ways, I feel like they show a little bit too much. 
Kind of, but without context. Uh, no, yeah, without context. But then when you see, it's, but then as you're watching the movie, you're like, oh, this is gonna be the moment from the trailer. But I liked it a lot more in the movie. Yeah, I did too. So, yeah. but then, but just to see how, <laughs> also, just to see the difference of how he came down the stairs and how he was more confident and yeah, how he finally embraced him. Like when he would mention like. I saw my laugh as a disorder, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I love that quote a lot. Where he's like, I thought my life was tragedy. But turns out, it's a comedy. It's well, just, like, he said it's a fucking comedy. Yeah, but it's just the point where he just he doesn't give a fuck anymore. There's moments where, and we'll get into this in a second, but when he starts looking through like his origin, or possible origin with Thomas Wayne, and he's just like, there's a point where he just, he has like a note that like kind of solidify or could potentially solidify everything his mother was telling him, but he just crumbles that shit up and is like, I don't give a fuck. I don't even care about that. Yeah, anymore. it was a picture of his mother and it said, nice smile or something. Like, you have a beautiful smile or something yeah. like that, TW. It keeps going back and forth whether or not he was like his father, was, or, I mean, if Thomas Wayne was lying or his mother was lying. And that kind of gave more evidence back to Thomas Wayne was lying. But then at that point, he's just like, I don't care about my origin anymore. <laughs> And I'm like, that's that's Joker. He doesn't give a fuck about where he's from. He just he just is. That's the thing I also did like though too. It's like, why do people have to? Why do you have to keep trying to tie the villain directly to the hero? Granted, it was no real hero in this stuff, but just the fact that oh, he's related to Batman. Like, come on. But I that was another twist I really like because at first you're thinking like, oh, okay, so this is really an Elseworlds story where now we're gonna have this guy be the son of Thomas Wayne, so he's he's Batman's half brother now. That's weird. But then the revelation that his mother was probably just more manipulative than he thought, and she just she has mental disorder and she lied to him and all but yeah, but, all, but like, just like you said, ultimately we don't know because is she really? Because he has enough money, they can make it all. They can yeah, he can, can fudge it, and the fact that he did kind of flirt on that note to her. Because then also, if you, when you think about it, then if it wasn't true, then why did which I'm assuming it's Alfred have that reaction? Yeah, when you looked at him like. Oh yeah, I know like, you. Oh, your penny, whatever, your penny flex, son. Oh shit. Yeah. Get out of here. That was a great scene too when he actually goes to Wayne Manor and sees little Bruce and does like the. Like I was the, like, the oh, mouth this thing. Is, this is, he's a pedophile. <laughs> I mean, that's why Alfred's like, get away from him. <laughs> what is this? I was like, Bruce, come on, man. You're like a stranger, like putting his hands in your mouth like that. <laughs> He's a child. <laughs> and even as a kid, I would he's not a, like. He's, a, he's an isolated rich kid. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the point. But it was just fucking ridiculous. Um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, that was one of the twists. I was like, oh, I like this multiple choice origin they're doing, and I like the fact that uh, Arthur Flex, he's like an unreliable narrator. Because another what, one of my favorite beats in this whole movie was <laughs> one of the, my favorite beats was the Zazzy beat stuff. And I think we both had that reaction where throughout the movie you're like, wait, so she's into this fucking weirdo who stalked her? Like, there's a moment where she, like, they have yeah, one meeting. Were you, were, you, were you following me? Yeah, they, they meet one time in an elevator. He gives her, like, a weird, like, he shoots himself in the head kind of thing because she does that to him. And then the next time you see him, he's following her to, to I guess, her job or something. And then she shows up at his doorstep like, oh, you're following me? How cute. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, and I was my mom, I'm like, this is what, this is exactly the problem, man. It, you, you're only a creep when the girl's not into you. <laughs> if a girl's into you, you can do any fucking weird shit you want. And it's just like, ah, oh, so cute. But if you're, if you're a weirdo and she's not into you, you're like, you fucking stalker. Sexual harassment. I'm going to be a restraining order. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, what? I was like, ew. <laughs> yeah. 
And then she shows up at like, like she's they're on dates, and she shows up at his comedy special. Yeah, even when the comedy special, she was laughing at his jokes. I'm yeah. like, I don't care how supportive you are, like. It's not funny. Yeah, it's not funny. That was painful too. It was so painful. Like, and funny enough, I started laughing at the thing. And my friend, my co, because I went with my uh, friend of mine, and he was looking because I during the comedy special, I started laughing, and he was like, "That's not funny." I was like, "That's why I'm laughing." It's so awkward. That's so uncomfortable. Like, ah, ah, this is so awkward. Ah, I feel residual embarrassment for you. What did you say? <laughs> uh, what was the joke? I grew up to be a comedian. My mother said, no, you're not. Well, look, at, I I am here now. I was like, no, that's not, what's the punchline? Yeah, and after <laughs> a minute of him, like, forcing himself into not to laugh. Yeah. So it was like, oh, man, I just feel embarrassed for him. Ugh. But then the scene ends kind of nice because, like, it kind of ends with, like, a little montage and Zazie Beats is laughing and the audience seems into it. But then, and then even when his mother uh, has the stroke from the detective kind of questioning, uh, you know, Arthur Fleck's whereabouts when the clowns, with the clown murders, you know, she seems like she's, for whatever reason, she's like a supportive girlfriend. She's there to like to, you know, see him through his pain. Yeah. And then that weird scene happens where he goes into her apartment. Into her apartment. And he's sitting there with like the TV on and she walks in and she's like, oh, you're Arthur, right? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you? What do you mean? You guys went on all these dates, and this is like the the very Fight Club flashback where it shows all the moments where they were together, and he was by himself. Yeah, he was by himself. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great twist. Yeah, I I, I love that. I was like, oh, see, bro, bravo. Yes, that was. And granted, it is a Fight Club moment, but damn, I was. For me to be like, this is a big weakness of the movie. Like, there's no way this chick could be into him like this. There's no way this chick... Like, the relationship would be this easy. Like, why is she even into him? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> and another thing, you never saw them together with anybody else. It was no. only just them. Yeah, it was just And them. I'm like, where's, where's her daughter? She wasn't even around. I'm like, that's why she wasn't around. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I was all like... It was too easy for him to get into her apartment. I was like, so you live in Gotham. All the doors left, are unlocked. You just left your fucking door open. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and then be then being confused that somebody walked into your house. Like, lock your fucking door. Yeah, he really just walked in. So what the fuck? Yeah, is he case? didn't like break in. He just opened. He just turned the knob. Yeah. Sad. Oh, yeah, it was another moment. When he, when he, after he kills those guys and he walks into her apartment and just starts making out with her. I'm like... Since how? <laughs> this guy has not had that much swag. Yeah. <laughs> just walk into somebody's apartment and start making out with them. And she's cool with it. But remember the anime that I showed you where the guy witnessed that fight? What was it called? I forgot what it's called. And then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, yeah. after he, he went and had sex with a girl for like. That's a prostitute. Well, yeah, but still. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> I can't remember the anime. Yeah, me either. But I know you're talking about the fighting one. He was so aroused by the fighting, he went and banged a chick. Yeah. <laughs> but stuff like that, like the the moments where he starts to be more confident in himself and starts like, when he killed those guys. When he killed goes, those guys is when his confidence started to develop. Yeah. And when he goes into the bathroom and starts doing like that weird rhythmic, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like that that nuance to his character because it, it, it was very theatrical. It was very performance-based, very joker when he was watching the Robert De Niro show on TV to prepare for going on the show. But it makes me wonder, was that a figment of his, of his imagination too? What? When he went there the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like when he was in the audience. When and he Robert was in the audience. Him, yeah. Cause he didn't know who he was when he actually went there. Yeah. But I didn't know if that was, 
the movie saying that happened when he was much younger, but they still use Joaquin Phoenix instead of casting a younger person. Because I don't, I don't know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but see, I, that's a good point, and that's the, one of the strengths of the movie. I think it leaves you wondering. Because here's my, another question I have for you. Because I wasn't sure by the end of the movie, was it when he went to go meet Thomas Wayne in the bathroom? Was that real? Because it was just odd to me. He he walks into like the big picket the 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 protest area and everyone's going like yeah fuck Thomas Wayne up with jokers blah 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 and like he just walks around the security and the next time you see him he's in the uh, the bellhop uniform how did he get that yeah he, I didn't know how I was like just, yeah. I said the same thing I was like where did that uniform come from he just walked in there and he's not the type of guy who is like suave or like or or smart enough. To be able to manipulate a situation and be like, let me get that, let me get that bellhop uniform and just walk my way in here. Like, you know what I mean? He's not that type of guy. Yeah. So, like, was that even real? Because he gets punched in the face by Robert De Niro's character by the end of that scene. Yeah, and then uh, no, you mean Thomas Wayne. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh by Thomas Wayne's character. And then there's that scene where he he his his, his face is all bloody and he has his hands in the sink, and then it flashes back to his apartment. So was that all in his mind? Or was that real? Because it, it has no consequence. Like, it doesn't come no, back up. No, it doesn't up. come back up. So, I don't know. I don't think it was real. What do you think? I don't know. I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. But now I'm like, uh, it might not have been real. Yeah. And that's, I, that's why I like this movie so much. There's so many moments where I'm like, but yeah, there's a lot of what moments. was real and what wasn't. Yeah, it throws, but it goes back to, like, even the killing joke. Like, you don't know what's real. Yeah. And here's my ultimate question. And this is the theory I don't like. And I didn't think about this when I saw the movie. I thought it was just a, a, a flash forward where at the end where he does like, you know, he's around all the jokers, everything's burning. He's got the bloody smile and then it cuts to black and you hear his laugh and then he's in the psych ward. There are theories saying that all of that was in his head. I don't like that theory. I, no, I, like, I don't think so. You think it was real? Yeah. Do you think he killed that therapist? Because the next scene, I'm like, is this a metaphor? Yeah, his feet are bloody. I think he killed the therapist. Okay, and then he's doing like the the Looney Tunes back and forth with the yeah another very good Joker moment. The only thing though that I said this is a missed opportunity. What is that? His therapist wasn't Harley Quinzel. At the end. At the end. But then he couldn't kill her. (laughs) But still, like, don't kill her then. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I could I could see that. That'd be cool. If they're even gonna go that route though. Like if they're Well, even I doubt that this is gonna get a sequel, but I just felt felt like this was a missed opportunity. Yeah. If you're gonna go have the iconic him killing the Waynes at the end, then well, also, not him, random joker random clown guy. Well, you, well I'm just saying the movie yeah, killing yeah. the Waynes at the end, then go the route of cause the the Joker's therapist was Harley Quinn, which which eventually became Harley Quinn. So they should have went that route. I was like, I agree oh, you. is this a black Harley Quinn that they're doing in this? And then she wasn't, it wasn't her. Yeah. She had another name. Did you, did you like the, the Batman stuff with the Bruce Wayne's parents being killed in the alley? No, I was saying, I feel like this shouldn't have been. See, I liked it. Wasn't needed. I felt like that was like the cherry on top for me as a comic For me, fan. I felt like, it felt like a studio mandate was like, put this in the movie. It's like, but why though? Like, <laughs> see, I can see that too though. You don't need it. I can totally see that. Like, it's not Batman enough. Put more Batman in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But for me, I, I loved it. And I, the, the, the weird, like him laughing, being like, you wouldn't get the joke. And I'm like, what's the joke? Is it the joke that you know Bruce Wayne, his Thomas Wayne was killed? Is that what you, what's going on? <laughs> uh, I think probably because he, I mean, he ended up killing her. Mm. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was it ended pretty vague, and I didn't really understand 100% what had happened in the last scene, but I don't want to believe that that was all fake. I want to believe that those events happened, and maybe he was remembering. And the, the reason that, that theory exists is because of that scene in the very beginning, his first conversation with the therapist, and she asks him, do you know why you were um, you were put in the psychiatric facility before? And he's like, he has a, a quick flash of him banging his head on a psych, like a, the walls of like a psychiatric facility, and it flashes back, and he's like, who knows? And like that's just a weird. They never even go into it again. They don't talk about what happened to him, why no. he was there, how long he was there. Yeah. So it's like, why? How does that tie together? Is that him flashing back to the present? And in that moment, he's just imagining all this. But is it, that's just weird to me because, like, why would you imagine things that didn't happen and you're imagining them, the, re, the reveal people, that they didn't people, happen? People got theories <laughs> all over the internet that sometimes, in some ways, it can make sense, but at the same time, it's like, eh, it's kind of dark. Like the whole theory of uh, Rugrats never happened. It was in uh, Stu Pickle's mind. That's why he's oh, always yeah. making the toys and stuff like that. Yeah. But his wife had a miscarriage and yada, yada. Oh, dark as fuck. Yeah, it's super dark <laughs> as fuck. But it makes sense. It does make sense. But it's like, just enjoy the kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be dark as fuck. Yeah. Um, was there anything else I wanted to talk about in this movie? I feel like we're missing stuff. Uh, what that mouth do, bro? What? <laughs> nah, there was something else. I feel like there was more. Him masturbating. <laughs> I still, I don't know. Did that really happen? Yes. Is this, so this is after he got into the refrigerator, which is also is weird. Why did he do that? I don't know why he did that. <laughs> Maybe he was hot. <laughs> uh, so hot in this apartment. Oh, him killing his mom. That was like his, I love that scene. That was his true like Arthur Fleck dying moment. Yeah. When he suffocated her. Like, oh man. Fucking bitch. You <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> I mean, I could totally see her just being manipulative and being that type of person that, like, once... You know, those, like, overbearing mothers that, like, they fake sick so that their sons will never leave? Mm-hmm. So it felt like. And the revelation that the he thought that he was born with that laughing thing, but the fact that it came from... Her allowing it to happen from an abusive boyfriend. Yeah. But then it's also like, is that real? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but that was in the paperwork, though. Right? That wasn't yeah. the paperwork he read. Did he imagine that? I mean, he imagined that the the flashback where he's watching that the the scene take place that wasn't real. Yeah, that wasn't real. I don't know. I just I love look. I just love this movie, and I just feel like they did such a great job. Even though it wasn't the comic book Joker I know and love, I still love this version of Joker because it felt like a a love letter to Joker fans. It felt like they captured the essence of Joker so well. Always keeping you guessing, a captivating performance. Um, when he did get to the Joker kills, it did feel that those moments did feel like Joker, like the killing joke or the uh, Dark Knight Returns moment. With that said, though, would you now? <laughs> <Your lips. laughs> it's like his lips are all out. Would you say this is the best DC movie that they've released ever? I would. You mean is is this including the Dark Knight trilogy? Or DC or, DC movie? It's in general. Yeah. Oh man, come on, that's too much. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I thought you were gonna ask me an easier question, which is like, which performance do you prefer, Heath Ledger or 
Joaquin Phoenix. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's an easy question because you can't compare them. I absolutely didn't say. I, I would just say I like them both for different reasons. If I were to say who I think is the better villainous Joker, definitely Heath Ledger. Um, he was definitely more intimidating. I'm not really scared. But of I would this say Joker. performance. I would say Joaquin Phoenix's performance is probably better. But he also had a lot more time. The movie was him. Yeah. So, yeah. But in terms of like the best DC movie ever, Dark Knight's still a thing. <laughs> and the Dark Knight's got more of those Batman comic book elements that I love. And it's got like, I think it, the best showcase of the rivalry between Batman and Joker. Like the there were elements of the Joker that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker never even touched because he didn't have Batman to play off of. Like the the love-hate relationship that Joker and Batman have, I think it was pitch pitch perfect in Dark Knight. Like the the conversation with him between Joker and Batman, you're not like them, even if you want to be. Like, you complete me. Like, those moments are Joker to me. But Joaquin Phoenix's Joker never gets to that point. So, like... No, I mentioned before, he's not the comic book Joker. No. But that's not my question. My question is the movie. And it's as a whole. I think I still like the Dark Knight, Dark Knight better. His overall movie. Because, yeah, I love the fucking ending with the Joker. Don't get me wrong. Fucking loved it. Like I was like, damn, this is why I had a setting ovation because this, this ending is epic. But, I mean, Dark Knight also had a pretty epic ending. Like I, That's still one of my favorite endings to any comic movie ever. The, the, you know, the James Gordon speech. He's not, a, he's a silent guardian. A dark knight. Da, 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 da. And he drives off into the fucking distance. Like, that shit's epic. That's Batman to me. All right. Well, what do you think? Do you, do you like it the, mo- the most? I think if you didn't include the Dark Knight trilogy, and not even trilogy, it's really just the Dark Knight. It's really, yeah, it's really, rises, just, the, it's really begins, just the Dark Knight. Yeah. But Joker and Dark Knight, they're up there. They're they're like neck and neck. Not, I still think Dark Knight's better, but I think Joker's right there. And it's different movies. Like one, even though it's supposed to be the more realistic Batman interpretation, it it's still compared it's, to this it's realism with stretches with comic elements. Yeah, yeah. It's like a blend of both. This is the real world, so it's very different movies. But if you're gonna compare it to like BVS, Justice League, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, <laughs> yeah, that's more. So, I mean, I guess that's more so what I was thinking because I'm like, these are the more recent. Yeah, I think it's the best DCEU movie, even though this is not. not really, yeah, it's not DCEU. Really yeah, but we don't know. I, I I guarantee you, they're gonna be trying to tie this into the Batman, the the Robert Pattinson. No, I don't think so. They're gonna, I bet they're going to try. Because Joaquin Phoenix has pretty much made it known he doesn't like doing sequels. So he's not going to come. I doubt he's going to want to come. That's why he wasn't Doctor Strange. I don't think they'll try and get... Um, they'll probably try and get him back, but he won't probably won't do it. But I can see them going like, no, no, that, that origin was him. They'll get like an older guy to be Joker or something. <laughs> like, they'll try and tie it in, but even if they can't use Joaquin Phoenix, they'll try and make that canon to some extent to the, the new Batman universe. No, nah, I don't think so. I feel like it would be a waste. I feel like it's a waste not to try. Because, <laughs> like, we, we can't leave this great s- movie on the table. Because <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what the Batman, the Robert Pattinson Batman is going to be like. Or, or you know, they could just make this 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 Joker old. And then it would make sense. Old oh, man Joker, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, but I kind of feel like that was the Arkham City Joker when he was sick. He was sick, but he wasn't old. But same, effectively the same thing, like shriveled up and coughing all the time, and you know what I mean. Like he can't fight. Same idea. 
a Joker is in a wheelchair all the time. <laughs> and that was Arkham City. Like he, he had to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. I'm just saying that. I don't know if I would like that to be the Joker. Yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't want that to be the Joker. But what if they do like a twist where he takes his Robin and makes his Robin the new Joker, like in Batman Beyond? No. <laughs> <laughs> saying it's possible. But so, what would you say? Better than Dark Knight or? No, it's not better than. It's not better than the Dark Knight. But. Yeah, like you said, I think it's better than all the DCEU movies. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. The yeah. Dark Knight's just great. Like, it's just, from top to bottom, like, it's just got so many moments in that movie, movie that are, like, iconic. I still don't feel like... Despite as great as Dark Knight is, we still haven't gotten a definitive... The closest we have, I think, is Ben Affleck, but we still haven't gotten, a, like, a comic book accurate version of Batman... No. And even no, even, or the, even the Joker, yeah. Yeah, no, we haven't. So there's still room for improvement, but, you know, the interpretations so we'll that we've been getting... We'll see what Battinson does. Mm, yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, let me go back and read those Joker emails. See, I didn't forget. <laughs> I almost did, though. <laughs> I, I did. I already forgot. Okay, well... <laughs> uh, let's start with Dio Ade's review. Uh, he says, The Joker. So I recently watched the Joker movie, and I must say it was absolutely stunning. The visuals, the story, the acting, spotless. The movie was almost perfect. It tells a different kind of superhero story, not in the repetitive format of the MCU movies, though I love them. Uh, it's first and foremost a character study, that's what I was saying, uh, that looked into what it means to be mentally ill and different factors that can turn someone dangerously insane, which I love. It feels real and it feels dirty. It makes you uncomfortable in the best ways possible. There's literally no other superhero movie like it, which is what I love about the DCEU. Well, not the DCEU, though. <laughs> get, get it straight. Uh, at its best, it gives the directors free range to create their own movies with their own ideas, which is fantastic. Think about it. Man of Steel was a great Superman movie. Shut up, I liked it, <laughs> asshole. Uh, because there was nothing like it. It was its own thing. Gritty, realistic. BVS, uh, here we oh. go. Which I love. Bite me, Jordan. Why just me? It's not like Michael likes it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, there was, is nothing like it. It has its problems, but it was its own thing. It had an identity. Wonder Woman. Did it? I mean. It was a Batman. It tried to be a BVS movie. It tried to be a Death of Superman movie. And it tried to be a Justice League origin movie. It didn't have an identity. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say it had more of an identity. I think what he means is uh, it didn't feel Hollywood washed in the way that Justice League did. Justice League, you could feel the executives going, no, 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 no. We got to make this like Avengers. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? BVS felt more like, eh, Zack Snyder, do your own thing. Go crazy with it. And he definitely did. <laughs> Uh, Wonder Woman Shazam great movies the directors fully expressed their ideas and visions and I think going forward WB seemed to be going on uh, going in that direction hopefully Joker inspires other superhero movies Marvel to take more risks I don't want to see another Ant-Man and the Wasp I mean uh, I do yeah I don't think I, I feel like movies like that get a bad rap just because it's like oh it's too comic book or it's too light or it's too comedic but I feel like we also need those type of movies too you need the light and fun superhero movies popcorn movies for the kids just as much as you need the the dark deep character so he's like the joker yeah. different audiences you know have it i want it all i want it all <laughs> please show me <laughs> i don't know that song 
I think I made it up. Oh. <laughs> it's partly Tarzan. <laughs> I wanna, yeah, I wanna know about these strangers know, like me. I know the Old Town version. What? Cause I want it all or nothing, nothing at all. all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you can't tell, I'm a huge DC Comics fan, and I love everything DC. Uh, I've gone on long enough. I really hope you make it this far into the email. If you did, thank you. And stay nerdy, my blurdy. Stay nerdy, Dio. Uh, and let's read our last Joker review. I don't remember who sent it, though, because I'm trash. Or are you like the Joker and you're making things up? Oh, my God. It was all part it's of It's all my... in your mind. <laughs> I'm an unreliable narrator. I could have swore there were two. Well, you are an unreliable narrator. Yeah, word. I've become the Joker. <laughs> Is Michael real, you guys? <laughs> Turns out I've been talking to nobody for the last, like, 100 plus episodes. All right. I give up. <laughs> Sorry for whoever. Oh, oh, oh. It was an iTunes review. Ha-ha. I remember now. There you go. Woo. <laughs> solved it you guys solved it I'm not crazy ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's from Young Jay Jean non-spoiler Joker review hello Blur Vision hope you're both uh, hope you've both had a good week I saw Joker's afternoon with my mother 40 years later we solved it <laughs> we yeah. cracked the case when I saw the first Joker trailer I was interested in the way they were talking about the film having the Joker be someone with mental illness in a society that negatively affects it I expected that they would make him an anti-hero, and through most of the movie, I thought that. Until he kills a certain person, and immediately I went, okay, he's a villain for sure. I'm assuming he means his mom. Yeah. The movie did a lot more than I expected it to in a lot of ways. Lots of scenes made me uncomfortable, which I know was the point. My mother was definitely uncomfortable, and after the movie, she told me, yeah, word. You saw the movie with your mom? <laughs> like, hey, mom, I want to see the yeah, movie Yeah, don't worry, mom. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> I'm not going to smother you in your sleep. Don't worry about it. My mother was definitely uncomfortable, and after the movie, she told me that she thought this was going to be a Batman movie, and that she didn't expect all the killing. I told before we saw the movie that it's about the Joker, and it's rated R, but I guess she thought it would be a superhero movie either way. Michael, I saw your review on YouTube, and I agree that this is very not a comic book movie. I think Joaquin Phoenix's Joker did an amazing job. I'd like to see this version of the Joker go up against Batman, especially with what happens in the movie. I hope you both. Yeah, have I don't good see this week. version. Go, yeah, like we mentioned, this, he can't go up against Batman. It'll be one punch. Yeah. One punch. I <laughs> uh, hope you both have a good week and stay nerdy, my blurdy. Don't forget to smile. I couldn't even see this Joker making things like the the, the like the laughing, shattering teeth bombs and all that shit. The the acid flower. Although he did have something come out of his flower in the beginning. What? Remember when he got beat up by those kids and he was laying on the ground. And like some type of green juice or whatever came out of his flower. I mean, they do have those. There are trick flowers like that. But can you see this guy putting sulfuric acid in that thing? No. <laughs> he would burn himself. Like. Or like the, the hand buzzer that kills people. Yeah. No, none of that. He, he's not a mad genius. He's just mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. That's it for our Joker review and emails. Thank you, everybody. Wow. We're two hours in. How the fuck? We like, are? Yeah. We talk about Joker and emails and shit a lot. That's crazy. I don't know we spoke there. This is why our episodes are so long. Exactly. I didn't realize it was so long. All right, let's run through uh, Young Justice real quick. The board is set. The players in position. And you have the inside track on their every move. Monster! You have no idea what I really am. This is so moated. I think not.
All right, so no, with the last... It's not, not going to be quick. It's not going to be quick? You got a lot to say about Young Justice? No, I'm just saying every time. <laughs> okay, well, I'm trying to keep this under 20 minutes. But yeah, Young Justice. Uh, where we left off, um, it was right after Granny Goodness and then we're found out to be apocalyptic and shite like that. The episode immediately after that, which is where I started my four-episode binge, was when everybody basically loses and the entire Justice League is taken over by the very uh, OP anti-life equation. And they're yeah. all instantly brainwashed. And there's a whole thing where the Young Justice team and the Outsiders try and also stop Granny Goodness. And then they, uh, they all get brainwashed instantly too. And it's like, oh shit, everyone's losing. How are they going to win now? And all the superheroes basically that we know of are all controlled by the anti-life equation. The answer cyborg no problem (laughs) super easy barely inconvenience (laughs) it felt very anticlimactic they keep teasing this fact that cyborg is the strongest metahuman in the in the universe is he i mean i mean i guess in this situation he was because he's the father box or whatever then it's like they keep trying to tease that but then they batman outsmart cyborg all the time it's like but how though it shouldn't happen. Because writing. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did like, at least by the end, we finally got the full arc for Vic Stone become Cyborg. And I like his design in the show. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't, you know, he never becomes like the Cyborg. Granted, that's not, it's not like that's the definitive Cyborg. When you Usually, usually when you think Booyah. of Cyborg. He says Booyah by the end. Yeah, but not in the same way. No. It's just like. But it's, it's Cyborg origin. It's like, uh. Justice League. Well, he he said booyah yeah. in Justice League, but it's, it's like booyah. It's a reference. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that, kids? Booyah. <laughs> um, I mean, on, on, to that end as well, um, there were moments in the last four episodes I was like, an episode where, uh, what's her name? Not Huntress. Tigress. Tigress? Yeah. The archer chick. Yeah. Lo- in love with Wally West. She finally was about to hook up with uh, is that Arsenal? Uh, Red it's clone. Yeah, Arsenal. Is it that? Is that the I clone? I think it's the clone because the, the clone. original had had a missing arm. True. Right. Right. He's younger, so it's the clone Arsenal. They finally because they've been hinting at them having like uh, alluding to them starting a relationship for the longest in the series. So he finally makes a move. She can't deal with it, and it's a whole episode about her basically going into limbo and getting like her closure with Wally West. Um, which I thought was, it, it was kind of like, eh, all right, it's kind of contrived. It's weird that you're still holding this, this, this flame for him after how long it's been and whatever, but okay. But, I mean, that's kind of true. That's, that's true to life though. People still. Yeah, you know, it is. I just felt, I was like, I thought that when they, when they start the episode with them kissing her, her and the other guy for the next moment to be, oh, I can't do this. I gotta go see my dead boyfriend. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? But throughout the episode, I, I ended up really feeling for her. Um, especially with the the way that scene ended with her and Wally West in limbo, and then the revelation that it actually wasn't her being sent to limbo at all. It was all just like a mental thing projected by Miss Martian that was there, and I was like, it's just a way for her to have closure for herself by kind of working her through her own issues. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I like that. But it, it was in that episode. I also kind of thought it was fucked up, though. <laughs> it was fucked up, but, you know, it's also sweet. You know, she needed that. She needed... But I, I guess that was also her friend, because she was like, if you don't help me, I'm going to find other ways, and you're not going to like the other ways that I the ways that I go find. Yeah, so it's kind like, of bitchy. I'm like, you're yeah, going to so go to villains? Like, like, what so the... I get why they had to... Because she's like, I don't have the power to... Like, it's not possible. Yeah. 
Yes, it is. Don't lie to me. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> you can do anything with magic, you liar. <laughs> um, but I was going to say that in that same episode, there's also a weird like B-plot of Black Lightning just kind of like <laughs> having flashbacks that recap the entire season of him being feeling betrayed by the Justice League yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Previously on Young Justice. <laughs> in my memories, there were moments in that where I was like, why is there so much focus on Black Lightning? Like, it's just feel he's not young. It's called Young Justice. Like, of all the characters yeah, that have... Yeah, it's not the Justice League. Yeah, it's, it was a, it's weird. But then by the end of the season, it's like, oh, because he's been the paragon of what's morally right. The entire season. Yes, but even still, just going back to what you say, it still doesn't make sense. No. This is Young Justice, not the Justice League. Granted, they're not young anymore. No, but still, you should still focus on the younger characters, not Black Lightning, who wasn't even a character before. Yeah, he wasn't even a character before season two. But even then, season two, he was a sidekick. Not sidekick, but he was a side character. Yeah, and just it feels weird to me that that's like where everything finally like came to a head. Him becoming the leader. Of all the Justice League. I'm like, Black Lightning though? <laughs> I don't think we're wrong. You know, black leaders, okay. All right, that's the empowerment. That's great. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Black yeah, Lightning? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of all the characters though? I was gonna be like, maybe Calder should have been the moral compass and then him becoming like, you know what I mean? Like, at least I'd have more investment there. Yeah, or not somebody like Mr. Terrific, who's the, one of the, the third smartest person in the DC universe. Like, if you're gonna go black, a black person. <laughs> and at least he was part of the show before. Not. Arrow version of Mr. Terrific. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but no, he was part of the Justice League show. Not, he took over when uh, Martian Manhunter left. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but not just, Young Justice. It just, I don't know, Black Light. It just felt weird that that was the ultimate. And they finally show. They finally show an icon again randomly. They did. I don't remember. Yeah, like, he he was just there for one shot. Like, yeah, like a one shot pan over. <laughs> oh, by the way, he's 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 back there. Yeah. Oh, really? The Black Superman's here. And we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um. Uh, and a lot of things they did with some of the characters by the end of the, this season, I thought were interesting. Uh, the Terra moments, where ultimately it is revealed that people kind of knew that she was a traitor the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt like that even fell flat a little bit, just because I'm like, a lot of what makes that Terra being a traitor stuff interesting is her relationship with Gar and you know Beast Boy. I feel like they didn't really have a relationship. It was more about... No, the relationship that she had was with her brother. Yeah, it was with her brother and to a lesser extent with Tigris. So I was just like... I don't know. I, I, I wanted that beat of... It's like they wanted to kill do the, Beast They Boy. wanted to do the Judas contract, but then they really didn't. No, they, 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 they like loosely adapted it to this story. But I feel like you... I don't know what... I don't know, the Teen Titans, the, the original animated show, Teen Titans, I felt like that Judas contract stuff was way more emotional with her because of her relationship with Beast Boy and the betrayal they felt. But this is like almost glossed over. It was like, yeah, I'm a traitor. What, you're a traitor? Don't worry, we already knew. But anyway, we know you're good. You're right, I am good. Oh, it turns out it's my brother who's the bad one. Because <laughs> then he ends up killing the guy that uh, overthrew Which his I, government. I mean, to be fair to that, that I like that twist. I did too. I did too. I was like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I understood it. 
And I, I didn't really even need the, oh, by the way, I'm a metahuman. I manipulate your emotions. To- I was going to say, then it turns out, but there's this twist on top of the twist because it turns out he didn't really like, actually, he didn't like do it because he wanted to. It was because that guy. Well, no, he did want to. Well, yeah, no, well, yeah, he did want to, but that guy, that metahuman can bring out your wor- worst impulses. Yeah. Because it did feel a little like for his character arc this entire fucking season to be like, oh, you've got temper, but you're tempering that temper with patience. Even like the same episode, he was like, yeah, I've learned that patience is like the, the best virtue to have in this kind of situation. And then for him immediately be like, fuck, I'm killing this guy. I'm like, that was the whole point. We did not do this. He's <laughs> like, nah, yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I didn't need the explanation for the metahuman guy manipulating things, but it kind of, without that, it would have been like too sharp of a turn for me too. Like Daenerys. <laughs> no, not, not even as bad as Daenerys. <laughs> I still would have bought it. But it would have been like, a, eh, it felt a little rushed. But no, Daenerys was like, that wasn't rushed. That was like the Flash. Like that was a speed force <laughs> to her her becoming evil. It wasn't that bad. Um, I don't know. I just felt like the, the apocalypse stuff, for how much build-up there was in the season to it, it just kind of ended with a fart. And then it, it jumped. Yeah, because there wasn't a whole lot of apocalypse stuff. I mean, talking about Game and of Thrones. We also don't know what happened with like Vandal Sav, the conversation. With uh, Darkseid? Yeah. They just reached an agreement, and next season maybe we'll find it out. I don't know. But speaking of Game of Thrones, it, that felt very Game of Thrones to me, where it was like, oh, we're building a dark side. Oh, we beat Granny Goodness. Anyway, let's talk about the Markovians. I'm like, I don't care about Cersei. Yeah. <laughs> Night King. <laughs> and when you go from the entire Justice League being brainwashed to like, oh, we fixed it. Anyway, Markovia. Like, no, what? No. And then again, like, what the way this show ended... Like, it solidified my rant that I went on where I was like, this feels like it's th- three separate shows. Yes. To it, the point it it's like... Batman Inc., Outsiders, and then Justice League. Because I was like, why Why is this show even called Young Justice? Like, you're not giving me any Young Justice stuff. There was one thing that I think was my favorite part of this entire season that it totally illustrated your point and also made me go like, this is why I miss. This is the show I miss. I don't, I, that episode where they went to uh, when Dick had like the fever dream the fever during dream. the fight, yeah, and he he had a flashback to cla- when the theme song for Classic Injustice started playing. I was like, "This is the show, <laughs> bring this back." And you, know, and you got to see Wally come back, for yeah, that little flashback. Yeah, Wally was there. Everybody was in their younger like outfits. Like it, it felt like Young Justice again. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I get they're trying to mature the show with its audience, but, like, what endeared me to the show wasn't all this political bullshit, all this racial and, and economic uh, commentary. And it's like, my thing is, like, fine, you can still do that, but follow the characters that I've been following from the beginning of the show. And like, but also keep that, 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 that feeling, that level of energy. Because it, it felt like a different show in that moment. It felt like this is this is Teen Titans. This is why I, I fell in love with this show. For you got to even if you change the characters with like the, the outsiders or the new young kids or whatever, keep that same energy. But I feel like they don't have that anymore. They're they're trying too hard to reach toward a Justice League show or something. Because it's like the first two seasons you're following Calder, Nightwing, Superboy, Magan. Et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, the second season they introduce other characters, but even still, for the most part, you still were following those core five. Yeah. But then it's like after all this time, because season three, two was like six, seven years ago, 
you come back with a season three, but you're not going back to the things that we loved in the first two seasons. You're following all these new characters that you don't give a fuck about. In a lot of different places at once. Yeah, in a lot of different places at once with a whole bunch of different storylines going on. And it's just like, where's the focus? Like, there's no focus. Yeah, the character focus. That's the important Yeah, the character focus. Yeah. And I feel like you could have done that even if it's, again, if it's not even because, like you said, Young Justice characters, they've all gotten older. So they didn't have the, the, the outsiders or, or the other kids become the new team and have the old team be what the Justice League were. Like the background characters, they kind of put them on missions. and You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just feel like they've lost the spirit of Young Justice. And I think no other episode or moment really solidified that for me before that, that scene. I was like, this is it. This is exactly what we were missing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. Where's this show? <laughs> it's uh, in season one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, what else happened? But it's also weird, though, because like, it's not that I disliked what they gave me, but I just felt like it was too scattered. Yeah, there were some good moments in the season still. It's, and but- then, like... I was waiting for a moment for Super... They keep te- teasing that Superboy is becoming... The Superboy is becoming Superman now, but it's like, not really, though. I like his character arc, though, by the like, end. Like, I wanted his... In the sense that I wanted his power to grow. Oh. Yeah, I don't need that, though. No, I do. I want it. I feel like that was him in the wrong way trying to emulate Superman, but now it's him emulating him by his morals and his, his do leadership. Both. Give me both, because Superboy can fly in the comic. True, true. They, they've already established like those weird patches or whatever that make him... Well, fuck that. That's when he was young. Let him grow. <laughs> let him grow. I thought yeah. he was stunted. Isn't that the whole thing? Even though he looks older. I know they said like, oh, I, I don't age. I'm like... You, you, you know, you look older. You do look older than yeah. you did in season one, bro. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um, was there anything else? Can't think of anything else. I mean... And then if he's stunted, is that, te- is that pedophilia then? For Miss Martian, because <laughs> he's not growing. It's like uh, let's say he's eighteen. <laughs> it's like uh, what's her face? An interview with the vampire. And she started having sex with Brad Pitt. It's like you're still a child, though. Oh my god! No, but I'm a woman. <laughs> no, but you don't look like one. <laughs> they call me Super Boy for a reason. <laughs> Pedophilia. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there anything else? But yeah, and it ends on a cliffhanger of like, oh, apocalypse is still coming. But I, I feel like I. I had more investment to see what would happen next at the end of the last season than I did in this one. Yeah, the end of the last season two. Yeah, I was more excited to see what was going to come next. And then the fact that we went a whole season without that even really touching on Wally potentially coming back. Maybe he's not. Maybe we're just going to leave him dead. That's trash. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that, but they don't seem cause to the be... Because the whole thought process is, oh, he got trapped in the speed for He's going to come back and be the Wally West that we know, the fastest of all the Flashes. Because remember, they kind of say... Like, he was he, the slowest. He was the slowest. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to come back and be the fastest. And it's like, they haven't really... Maybe he'll come back when he had, they have to fight Darkseid. Because it seems like that's where they're still building towards, so... But even still, like... And maybe he'll come back just to die again. The cliffhanger of Wally dying, and now it's like... You only bring, you only mention him really in two episodes. Do you want him to come back like Superman and Justice League though, where it's like, oh, he's dead, and now he's back? I think, I think one season is good breathing room for his death to feel permanent. Well, I mean, he could have came. I'm not saying come back in like the first episode of the premiere, but he could have came back maybe by the end. Maybe, 
but there even wasn't really an opportunity by the end because there wasn't. It could have made an opportunity. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going by what we get, what we got. I wasn't really from Markovia, <laughs> not even necessary. Because it seems like they're still going to focus on Markovia, going for, like even in the next season. Yeah, because now Brian or whatever. Yeah, his name Brian is. is a villain. Yeah, villain in quotes. Which I'm just like, so all the, we focused on Brian for all this time, and this is what we're gonna like. This is the end result. I didn't even like focus him in the first place. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I didn't care about him in the first place. Now I was like, oh snap, he's a villain. Now no. we gotta, we gotta fight him now. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, how do you feel about the season overall? And are you excited about the potential next season? I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm curious to see where they go. Mm. But yeah, like I said, like I mentioned, overall I felt like this, it was too much. It was too much. Like. Oh, just give me Young Justice. Don't give me Justice League, Batman Inc. Fucking Outsiders. Yeah, Outsiders. <laughs> Teen Titans Light. <laughs> focus on. Give me one. Like, it was just too much. I agree. They need more focus next season. What would you rate the season overall? And then on top of that, it wasn't that much action. No, there really wasn't. I mean, they beat Vertigo. So, like the entire team gets like stopped by Vertigo at the end, where it's like, oh, mine, whatever, and it's like, ah, ah, we're stuck. And then Nightwing's like, oh wait, I will throw my baton at him. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you did that from the very beginning, then, bro. <laughs> and I give like a high passable. High pa- <laughs> words in my mouth, high passable. All right. On that note, you want to get into Doctor Stone real quick and then move on. I'm yeah. running out of batteries, so we gotta make this quick. I thought you went and got batteries. I did. I think there were shit batteries because uh, we're already at one bar. Well, shit. Exactly. Um, were they Duracell? No. Well, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they had. Anyway, Doctor Stone. <laughs> They reversed that awesome moment and it pissed me off. Remember how we talked oh, about oh, it? I was like, what? Dr. Stone. <laughs> when, like, the, the, the epic melon warrior moment. He, rules are rules. Asshole. Yeah, turn around like, hey, by the way, is this illegal? No, it's fine. Smash your back in the head. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of goes to what I said before. Where I was like, I would hate if they reverse it, but at the same time, what would the story be if they instantly win? I just wanted them to instantly win because it was an awesome moment. Because then it's like, but then then there's no antagonist going forward. I mean, there still isn't. They won by this episode. <laughs> yeah, they won, but they were still the fact that they still had to go through the fight. And I'll it say made that. it more made it more suspenseful. Yeah, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> even lost. the Kohaku girl didn't make it back in time. Yeah, she didn't make it back in time. I'm like, you dumb bitch! All you had to do was stay there. You, we all knew she was fine. <laughs> it was like, no, no, I gotta make, I can make sure. But, but did you though? <laughs> nah, whatever. But um. I, I did like it though how they ultimately beat him. 
I like the power of science and ingenuity and tenacity. And I also liked uh, Ginro's thing with him. Oh, <laughs> I'm <was> dying. <laughs> Yo, it has like the image of him as, with muscles. Yeah. Like this is his, his mental his, image. His mental image and reality. Yeah, he's like he's like all wavy. Like, like he's probably yeah. just high like on caffeine. Fact, yeah, the fact that they show him looking all like suave and with the with the with the perfect skin and perfect hair, and then it's like in reality his fucking face <laughs> his was face like, all yeah. beat up. <laughs> he's like. Oh, but you understand with the power of science, I have faith and you can't beat me. And then it shows his real him, he's like all bloody, like, Ugh. but just because he believes because, so much. But also, well, not even just believe, it's just he's so doped up on caffeine. Yeah. And he's never had caffeine before, so he feels different than how it actually is. And then he did do the, the, the dick. The, the dick... Uh, well, that was chrome. Oh, uh, chrome, I mean. Yeah. But I, I, the moment where he does push the guy into the water... Genro, that was like just the way he did. He's like, nah. And I was like, ah. I was fucking. He's like, why dying. won't you go down? Yeah. The power of science. It's like, oh, I got the runs. But yeah, we're crossing. But also, I also like the consistency in the animation where, uh, where uh, Suika, she didn't have the uh, the, the melon. melon mask, her so face. she had the old old woman face, and she's trying to squint and see what's happening. Yeah. But yeah, that the suspense of Chrome trying to use the magnifying lens to to burn or light uh what's his name magma or fire, and then the like, it's it was very like almost drag- it's almost like Dragon Ball Z esque in that sense where it's like all right I gotta hold it it's like like uh, spirit bomb I need more energy <laughs> yeah but then like the the suspense of Sinku being like that's not how fucking magnifying lenses work and yeah. he's like oh he uses sweat to make it concave and he's like don't worry I'm I got this bro yeah I'm not stupid. I'm like, oh, I like this. I like the the ingenuity of science here. Yeah, makes science cool. That was an awesome moment. And then what gets lit on fire and shit. And yeah, the, it was the mint. That was a funny moment too with the mentalist guy. He was like, if you take one step, <laughs> your heart will explode. Your heart will explode. <laughs> He's like, wait, is this cheating? He's like, ah, oh. or if it's a bluff, he's not cheating at all. <laughs> I like when Sick like, is an asshole. This, I'm like, how does this world work? <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking hilarious though. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too, just not as much as the the Melon Hero moment. Because there was no explosions. It was two Power Rangers. I was like, I love this so much. <laughs> and the new intro. But it was still Power Rangers because it was teamwork. It's true. It's true. It was. Yeah, there was a new intro. So I was like, oh, so we're entering a new arc. That's that That's that usually means when there's a new intro. Yeah, usually after the halfway point. So we're in episode 14. Because usually seasons are 26 episodes. So, But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I, I, I still give it a perfect vision. Me too. Yeah. All right, and on that note, let's get into news of the week with Michael. She's the Black Iron Man, but she's not Tony Stark. They just don't want their characters, quote unquote. I could call you a nigga, but you better not. If he says that shit to you, his ass on Instagram. I don't want to hand me down. I don't want kitty gay things. It's all straight and white. What's going down? Michael News. If you want to real quick give your thoughts about raising Dion. Mister. Something is happening with Dion. We should figure out how to get it under control. How long do you think you can keep this up? The government was tracking people who got superpowers. I know a few things about Dion. The storms are drawn to your son. 
my son. Ma'am, you Where is my son? It's you and me. You and me. Um, it was all right. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So, first episode of Raising Dion, even just the opening scene, I was like, and I'm not going to get into any spoilers, but I was like, yo, this looks low budget as fuck. Like, it looks like somebody shot this on a webcam. Really? Yes. Wow. I did not get that impression from the trailers. And then with that, like, as you get into the first episode, they showed Dion using his powers. And I was like, the CGI looks terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> and What's up, Michael B? I thought you were funding this. Like, <laughs> He doesn't have that much money. And then... He was at New York Comic Con doing a Naruto like uh, clothing line. He got some kind of money. That doesn't mean he's like, hey, that means he got like... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's like if you get a shirt made on Public, like you're not paying for the shirts and stuff like that. All right, good point, good point. <laughs> and then you get into the acting of Dion and the mother. I was like... This acting is terrible. <laughs> Can you watch nine episodes of this? You're not selling me so far. <laughs> especially, especially from Dion. Like, he, and, and I get, I get, he's a child. Yeah, but there, there's good child. But actors. I was just about to say, but there's some great child actors. Yeah, but he's not one of them. <laughs> oh no. So so, and then wait, on top of that, the and then on top, yeah, and the mother too. But she's better mm. than he, he. She's better than he yeah, is. Yeah, but that kind of hurts the argument of like, oh, I know they're really light skinned compared to the comic. I was the- literally just about to say, uh, and then you get into the colorism aspects. Mm, okay, and it's like so then, and then you got you casting these light skinned people, and then it's always always terrible. Like, yeah. and this 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 is my reaction on the first episode. So I'm just like, all right. Um, what is like I'm very I was excited about this show and I'm like I'm very disappointed oh no and so I kept watching and I will say as the show continued I started to become a little bit more endeared to Dion and I forgave some of the acting a little bit because I was starting to become a little bit more interested in the lore and the story and the mystery and the mythology of this world. Okay. And then what ends up happening to Michael B. Jordan's character and where did he go? And then also, once uh, they introduced John Ritter, who's playing the best friend of the mother, his name is Pat, I was interested in, I was interested in his character. He brought a little bit of levity to the world because you always got to have somebody that has some type of tangential knowledge of what's going on. Oh, yeah. So he was a comic book geek. Of course. Or whatever, so... <laughs> He was more or less, he became Dion's mentor. Okay. And so he brought a little bit of levity and made it a little bit more interesting. Okay. And you had to forgive the fact, because I was like, as a main character, Dion is very fucking annoying. Oh, no. But you had to forgive it, because I'm like, well, he's seven years old. He's going to be annoying. Okay. And you could tell that, for the most part, the show is not catered towards adults at all. Really? For the most part. Okay. It's really for kids. Really? Yeah. Did not see any of this coming. Okay. And they don't do it in a way where it's like, oh, yeah, How to Train Your Dragon is for kids, too. But there's still enough for adults. No, this is for kids. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) To the point that, and then on top of that, like, 
this is also one of my the things about the show that I don't like. This is very tonally inconsistent. Like, because there are scenes that where it's just Dion and his friends, and it's like very kid wacky and stuff like that. And then they try to go into some like serious tones and like racism and uh, single single black woman in the real world and, and then love and yada, yada, yada. And then mm. they try to go dark okay. and it's like they don't... They don't mesh. It don't, yeah, it doesn't mesh. Huh. It's not in a way where it's like kind of like the MCU where it's like Infinity War was dark, kind of. Yeah, but it had comedic beats. But it had comedic beats. It's like, no, but in, in this way, it was like it, it didn't really fit. Oh, okay. What, what, what they were trying to sell, what they were trying to tell. I mean, the fact that you're saying it's a kids thing is kind of interesting because it's something called raising Dion. I assume to be more about the mother. You would, I mean, it is like she's definitely a co-lead, but it's kind of they go they go back and forth. Okay. Between both of them. Okay. And it'll pro- it, it, and I would agree. Like it would be better, and I would forgive the colorism aspect if I connected more to the mother mm. or if she wasn't not to say she was a terrible actress but but not she, enough to justify the difference in the, the stark difference in yeah. skin color yeah. and she has a sister in this in the movie and her sister's a dark skinned black woman what the not fuck not Lupita Nyong'o dark skin but she's dark she's like our, your complexion more or less cause you're a little bit darker than me oh yeah so she's more your and I was honestly more interested in her not even because she was darker but she was a better actress hmm so <laughs> But yeah, so but I have no idea where this review is gonna go. But like I said, by, <laughs> by the end, and, and granted, like there was some moments, especially when it comes to like the the what ends up happening, the lead in the season two, and who the potential villain gonna be for season two. Is the big smoke cloud? It was no. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Okay. But it was very predictable. As soon as soon as. As soon as they even introduced this character, which I'm not going to say, I was like, he's going to be the villain for season two. The ending of the season, he's the villain for season two. Ah, okay. I was like, all right. But for me, the twist of who the villain was, I personally didn't see coming. But once it ended up happening, I was like, how did I see this coming? <laughs> hmm. So I was like, yeah, I should have seen this coming. Okay. But overall, like I said, I think on the strength of the fact that it was a, it's a sci-fi fantasy Cause it's a story you've kind of seen before. It's a story you've seen before. Like, <laughs> not even just in the X Men fact, but the, like the fact that there's this kid who has powers, and then there's a government organization that, that comes in. Because if you read the comic, you kind of know there's okay. a government. There's a government organization that comes in. Yada yada yada, and it's like so you kind of see you've you've seen this story before. The government's looking for the kid, and the mother's trying to protect them, whatever. Okay. But just on the strength of the fact that. It's told through the lens of a black character and a black woman as the lead. That's I feel like that's unusual. Yeah, I feel like that's the thing that can, can, at least me personally, it connects you more to it. It's something you've never seen before, uh, in the sense that because somebody took this, well, there's plenty of black characters in sci-fi fantasy. No, that's not what. Did you read my entire comment? I said black character being the driving narrative of, of this type of story, the being the, the chosen one, more or less, the strongest person in the room, yeah, the one that everybody's after, the one that could potentially be the one to save the world. The last thing I remember something like that was Looper, and that was not a black kid. So. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Yeah. And so with that, and, 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 and I did enjoy the mystery element of it. So with that, I was give it a... 
High passable. High passable. I knew it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's fair. I mean, I'll still check it out. I, I am intrigued to see if I have the same reaction to kind of the characters growing on me. So. And I also don't feel like the relationship between Michael B. Jordan and the woman that he ends up, the, 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 the mother of Dion, I'm like, this makes no sense of why they're together. Like, how are they even together? Why is he even interested in her? <laughs> it's a Zazzy Beats and Joaquin Phoenix situation. Kinda. Oh no, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm intrigued. Uh, let's get into some of the news of the week because we. I'm scared this thing's gonna die any second. <laughs> well, there's a trailer that just dropped. What's up? Red Band trailer for Zombie Land Two. It's been ten years since the zombie apocalypse. Oh my God, we're back again. And this dysfunctional family. Merry Christmas. Do you know what I would like? I don't give a fuck what you'd like. Has survived by using their wits. Please forgive me, it's fake fur! And by following the rules. Rules are for pussies, nothing personal. How could that not be personal? That's like my whole thing. Yeah, you're right, it's personal. On October 18. What made you do it? And don't say the script. Can this be just between us? Drugs cost money. Didn't see that coming, right? New kind of zombies, stronger, faster, better adapted to the hunt. They are much more afraid of us than we are of them. You'll be the first to die, but I like your enthusiasm. You might die. Yeah, thank you for your sacrifice. From the director of Venom. Need a ride? Oh, yeah. And writers of Deadpool. Casablanca. Oh, God. Well, I think I would have made a damn fine president. I think those cigars were left over from the Clinton administration. So yeah, Zombieland. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I, just, I don't know. It's been too much time. Yeah, I mean, a movie could be great. It's just the trailers aren't exciting me for it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm still gonna watch it. Oh yeah, I'm still gonna watch it, but I'm just not. I mean, even then, the the, the Red oh, Band October trailer. 18th. Yeah, I'm so excited. No, not really. Yeah, I don't. Mm. And especially for something like a Red Band trailer, usually a Red Band trailer is supposed to get you more excited because they're showing you, like, more so the actual tone of the movie and they're not trying to, like, hide it and, and the the watered-down PG FCC-friendly thing. So you don't really get the... So, like, the thing... It still like, feels comedic. It feels like a cartoon. Yeah. But, I, I don't know, part of what Zombieland, like, was cool to me was that it felt though it had comedy beats it, you know it, it had some menace to it it felt like you could die in that world uh, and now they're joking about dying from zombies I'm like I don't I, don't, I just feel like if you've been in a world in a zombie apocalypse for 10 plus years I don't you think you'd still be yeah, joking be like weathered this down. yeah you wouldn't be joking like this still I don't know I, I just feel like the tones at least in the trailers and against well, the trailers comedy subjective <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I don't know, but like it, it's very, it could very easily be a more, a darker movie when we actually start watching it. All you need is one abrupt death, and they'll be like, "Oh shit, she got real." And yeah, and they had Bill Murray, but I'm like, didn't Bill Murray die in the first one? Yeah, was it like footage or something? Maybe I don't know because they show him being record. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Interesting though. But yeah, uh, so next trailer, uh, Runaways. New York Comic Con was this weekend, so they released a new Runaways trailer. Stop fighting it, Nico. There is no need to be afraid of the dark. When the ship blew up, the magistrate's family took new bodies. Hey, you think that the aliens are inside our parents? 
there is a fourth member of the family, the darkest and most dangerous of them all. Darkness is surrounding. Who's the host? It could be one of the kids. How do we know who he's inside of? We don't. This is gonna be fun. I know what you want, and you don't want to lose Nico to the darkness. But the thing is, she's been mine for a long time. What the hell have you done? We missed the warning. And it showed uh, Nico going Dark Willow. <laughs> Look painful pulling a staff out of her chest. Well, yeah, that's what happens. That's usually how she gets the staff in the comics. Oh, there you go. More comic accuracy. And then maybe got more Marvel crossovers like, happening. This is science, though, right? <laughs> it's like Thor, man. <laughs> what you call science, we call magic, and vice versa, or whatever the fuck. No, it's not like Thor, because they literally said the science, it's a science staff. Shut <laughs> up, but it's tapping into magic. How? <laughs> I don't know, science. <laughs> science can tap into magic all the time. Does it? I don't know. But uh, I, I'm excited for that ending, where it shows the Cloak and Dagger characters showing up. I haven't watched. Nope, so I haven't watched it. But I'm all about MCU crossovers, so I think that's cool. There's a Luke Cage reference in the Cloak and Dagger. Oh, really? They even show his picture. Mike oh. Coulter's picture. Oh, well, then that means none of this is canon. <laughs> yeah, none of it. <laughs> you just invalidated everything. <laughs> well, I mean, just the fact that it's on Hulu and not Disney Plus means it's not canon. Yeah, but I at least could have pretended. <laughs> but now if, you, if you're potent, Luke Cage... Runaways was... mentioned Wakanda yeah. last season. Yeah. Is you think it's a substantial crossover or just like one episode? It's probably one episode or maybe like a two-part. It might be a two-parter. Just combine the fucking shows. <laughs> just make it all one. No, it's stupid. Nah, you're stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm excited. Not super excited, but I, I am intrigued. Uh, next trailer. So uh, Rick and Morty season four is coming out in November. <laughs> and they released a trailer for that. And I think I mentioned, they also said with this, this year is only going to have five episodes, which I'm like, damn, why so little? Yeah. The smartest Rick and Mortiest Morty in the universe are back. Uh, I'm not rated to climb something this year. Look, you're the guy that wanted an epic adventure. I'm the guy with only one hover chair. <gasps> and things are pretty much the same. And that's the end of the Morty Gets a Dragon experiment. Are you going to slay it? First off, I always slay it, queen. Secondly, yes. All fucked up. We've got an Akira situation going down behind the mall. Let that salve sit for 10 minutes or you'll die. Don't let it sit for 12 or I'll have to hunt down what you become. <laughs> Lab coat, rip off Doctor Strange. <laughs> you know what, you're right. I could get used to this magic stuff. It's probably not going to be the whole... I don't think it's the whole season, but just this year. Okay, yeah, gonna but, are, but are they going to pull a Young Justice where it's like, I... This half of the season comes out, but then we're not going to get the next half of the season until like summer. the last half of the year. Yeah, six months later yeah. plus. I don't know. I, again, I'm nothing I'm excited for, but from the trailer, I mean, Rick and Morty out of context, you know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> yeah, like even, I'm, I'm excited that it's coming back, but I was like, I don't know what the story is for next season. It's just a bunch of scenes from yeah. 
But there's no actual. But it wasn't. It didn't feel like a full trailer. It just felt like a bunch of scenes that they cut together. I mean, that's Rick and Morty. The, the only running narrative is the evil Morty thing. Everything else is kind of resolved. Even the the divorce subplot that was happening. By the end of last season, they were, a, you know, a happy couple again. Well, you say that, but I kind of disagree. Like there, once we got to the later seasons, you did see that. No, there was an overarching theme with like the multiple Mortys and the multiverse and then there's the evil Morty and how that's going to eventually... So I said, evil Morty. <laughs> yeah, but you said it's just evil Morty. I'm like, no, nah, I feel like all of that connects. Yeah, yeah, but that's like the last like running thread. Because the, the other thing was or, the, or the, the talk, Or family. the conversation of like, this Rick is different than all the other Ricks. Where it's like, this Rick seems to actually care about his Morty in a fucked up way, but yeah. he does actually care. Whereas the other Ricks... Morty was just a, a set piece, more or less. Yeah, yeah. But I still feel like that ties into the evil Morty thing. <laughs> it's all part of the same kind of thing. I think the only other running subplot was the uh, Jerry and Beth divorce. But as far as we know, I mean, unless that clone shows back up, remember how she may or may not have had herself cloned? Yeah. But we don't even really know if she's the clone or not, so maybe that'll come back. But... That's one of the things I didn't like about last season, how they wrapped that up really fast. Because I think they were really pulling the taffy on like what makes Beth and Jerry a bad couple together and how that affects the broken family. But then it was like, no, 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 I love them. And we're back together. Like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, final trailer. So uh, Marvel's Avengers is coming out in May. Mm. And they released... They uh, basically confirmed that Kamala Khan is going to have a significant role in this movie. So they released a Kamala Khan announcement trailer that kind of shows you how she gets into the story, basically, more yep. or less. The kid is inhuman. We did this, and she needs your help. I, I can't. I can't. You can't what? You're ditching me? Hey, don't take it personally, kid. No, this is what he does. This was a mistake. So you're both just gonna walk away? The Avengers were set up. Cap was murdered. You think I don't know that? I've replayed that day in my head a thousand times. Guess what? No one cares. The world needed someone to blame, and he gave them their scapegoat. So, unless you have some kind of astounding proof, I suggest you both get off my land. What is that? Proof. Look, I was scoffing at, like... Miss Marvel, like of all characters, why her? Why not Spider Man or somebody else like that? But yeah, I, I think this trailer made me more interested in this game more than any other trailers because they gave me the most story beats. I'm interested to see how it, she ties in. I'm also interested to see if there's a, a Captain Marvel in this universe because why the fuck is there a Miss Marvel if there's a Cap if there's no Captain Marvel? I mean, she might be in the universe. They might not show her as a character though. They better talk about it because otherwise, where'd you get that name from? <laughs> she might not. She might not call herself Miss Marvel. She might just call herself Kamala Khan. Oh, maybe. Seems whack. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. It looks cool. I still wish there was Spider-Man, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's the same universe. I don't, exactly. If, I want, you want, if you want Spider-Man, play the Spider-Man game. No, <laughs> I want young Spider-Man hanging out with Tony Stark and Bruce, Man, Bruce Banner. No, he's not young anymore. He's an adult. But you said this is two years before. That's still not that young. He's, still, young he's, enough. Still, he's still in college. I want Miles Morales. <laughs> Play, play play the Spider-Man game. No, <laughs> Miles Morales is in that. <laughs> if you would know, if you you would know if you played it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. 
But anyway, so so talking about excitement, people are excited about the Joker because it uh, hauled the biggest opening for October ever, which which uh, the previous record holder was Venom. Mm. And Joker looked at Venom and was like, pussy. <laughs> and so uh, Joker is now uh, opened with $93.5 million at the box office, setting the October record. So despite all that controversy... Definitely, or maybe more inspired, deser- or maybe inspired the controversy. People still want to go see the Joker. Definitely, way more deserving than fucking Venom. So I'm okay with that. And number two is Abom- Abominable, which I didn't care about. Number three is Downton Abbey, which I didn't care about. Four is Hustlers, <laughs> which I didn't care about. It is still in the top five. And Good Boys is still holding on in the top ten. Good Boys is number ten. Oh, okay, cool. Um, what's next? I don't know. Oh. I didn't order any of this stuff. Wow. Wow. So prepared. <laughs> Dude. Uh, Bring us home, Michael. <laughs> yeah. WandaVision. So uh, according to Elizabeth Olsen, the reason behind WandaVision and why it's becoming a show is because she revealed on, uh, what is she? Jimmy Kimmel, that this is completely Kevin Feige's idea. Okay. To do WandaVision, which, because they didn't, they weren't uh, gonna do it at all. But Kevin Feige was like, you know what? I have an idea for a show. Hmm. Which kind of makes me even more curious of what WandaVision is gonna be. I mean, like we said, it seems like it's pulling from that Vision comic book run. Because so. it wasn't like a director came to Kevin Feige and was like, I have an idea for him. no. Kevin Feige himself. Isn't like, that how most of the stuff goes, though? Isn't Kevin Feige the mastermind behind like the, the he, things that happen? He's the one that more or less like isn't it like I want to do a Black Panther movie, and then they fi- he finds somebody that has a vision for it. No, I feel like he more or less crafts, kind of oversees the overall story. But I feel like he doesn't necessarily tell a writer or director like what to do with their story. Mm. But like for this, he specifically came up with the story and the idea and the creation for it. Oh, okay. I'm more intrigued. More, more so than just, oh, I want to see a Wanda or I want to see a Black Panther movie. Okay, go, you go do the story. It's different. It's like, no, this is, he, he basically said, oh, I want to see this story and this is the idea that I have. I feel like this is the most intriguing Disney Plus show. It is. Yeah. I think that's the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, just to see what it's about and how it ties into the rest of the MCU. Yeah, especially also considering the fact that they say this movie is directly going to affect Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, speaking of interesting, and this is confirmed by Bob Iger himself, but Tom Holland is the Superman that we deserve. <laughs> Carefully, he's a hero. <laughs> It says Tom Holland was instrumental in bringing Sony and Disney back to the table for this new Spider-Man deal. Yeah, he called Bob he Iger. He called Bob Iger himself. Like, I don't like, know. I don't want to go. <laughs> the fact that you even got Bob Iger's number like that, is just, I can't fucking call Bob Iger. Hey, no. hire me. <laughs> I need a job, bro. But not like uh, how you pay the Disney workers because they don't make no money. So what have you learned? Pity. <laughs> is what makes things happen. <laughs> yeah, so. Pity motivates. 
he talked about, oh, you know, you're letting down the fans, which they don't give a fuck about. So that was, that was my thing. There was a comments where we were like, yeah, we forget sometimes when we're doing these big negotiation deals that it's, it's really about the fans. I'm like, you mean, yeah, to me, that translates to like, like, oh, we forget about the peons below us that <laughs> that these things bring in money from. Like, yeah, what? Well, it also kind of makes me wonder, oh, you know, we forgot a trailer. But anyway, it kind of makes me wonder what Tom Holland said. Yeah, he didn't really specify what he said. Not just to Bob Iger, but then he had to talk to Sony too. I feel like he was—he just said what he said in Endgame or Infinity War. I don't want to go. <laughs> please, yeah. please, Mister Iger. Mister Iger, <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we forgot a trailer so uh, that you wanted to talk about. What was the trailer? Someone give a fuck. Oh, Picard. Yeah, Picard. <laughs> I only wanted to talk about this because I saw a poster near Comic Con that looked like it looked like Logan. So I was like, did they just? Like, go, you know what was great? And that, uh, fucking, what's his name? His real name. Uh, fuck. Uh-huh. Wow, I'm blanking. I'm blanking too. Hugh Jackman and... Patrick, pa- Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. I'm like, did they just take, like, well, Patrick Stewart was in Logan and that did really well, so let's just take that template and apply it to Picard. And I feel like that's kind of what happened here. You know, man passes prime, being called back into action, because he's the only one that can do it. Um, and we got some... Kirk cameos by the end of the trailer. I don't know. I'm not a Star Trek guy, but if I was going to jump in, I'm not a Star Trek guy either. But I mean, it did look interesting. I'm not going to watch it, but it did look interesting. It did look interesting. Yeah, I just wanted you know for the Star Trek fans out there, if they want to know our opinions on the Picard show or the trailer at least, that we're not going to watch it. That's our opinion. (laughs) We're not going to watch it, but you know, tell me how the sword fight with an 80 year old man happens. I would like to. I would like to know how that functions. (laughs) He's 80. How is he fighting with swords? Speaking of not watching things, uh, Martin Scorsese, because you know he's coming out with the Irishman and stuff like that, so he's doing the interview rounds. And just like with anything, people always got to take their pot shots at Marvel because that's the biggest dick in town. Yeah. So he look at that big dick. <laughs> look yeah. at that. fucking useless. <laughs> he basically came out and was like, "Yeah, it might be a big dick, but they don't know how to use it." No, not the motion in my ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, he came out and was like, yeah, I don't see the Marvel movie. He said, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances <laughs> is a theme park. What? It makes it sound like they're struggling. Like, oh, they're doing the best they can with these terrible movies. Like, fuck you. But yeah, he's like, it's a theme park. It isn't cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And that's a man that never watched a single MCU movie. Yeah. Like, I hate when people say, like, they talk out their ass about, like, oh, it's not fun cinema. But it's like, bro, do you even watch it? Because what you just... Well, he literally just said, I don't see them. I tried. And to be fair to him, yes, the majority of comic book movies are not that deep. No. I would agree with... mm, Even majority... The MCU movies? I said comic book movies. I didn't say MCU movies. Okay, well, comic book movies, maybe. But if you're going to talk about MCU movies specifically, maybe you should see more than one. Because especially the, 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 wrong, the reason why they're so popular in the first place is because they do have character. And they build up over the span of all these movies. Yeah, think about how Thor began. Yeah, oh, Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah, Captain, Captain America, America even. Captain America, yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they have a lot of character, and they are, in their own ways, long-form character studies. The fight that Captain America had in a, between Iron Man and Avengers, you're not the one that put it all on the line, to the fact when he did. Granted, he did do it in Avengers, where he put his life, where he threw his uh, the missile 
into the atmosphere, not knowing if he's going to come back into the space portal. Yeah, but I mean, this is that was like the equivalent of him. I don't know. That's not really him cutting the line, but it's it because he didn't make the sacrifice. He didn't have to cross that line. But when he does give his life, he knows that the snap. And that's some point about the snap. Like the 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 nuclear bomb thing is a maybe. It's a gamble. He yeah. wasn't sure if he was gonna live or he's gonna die. But the snap is a guaranteed death. Yeah, he, he knew that. He knew that. Yeah. So that's that's quite literally he let everyone cross the line over him because he knew what was gonna happen when he snapped his fingers. Like it's a, that's and it's powerful. So for something like this guy, bro, just fucking watch a movie. He just watched the first Iron Man, even like trash talking out your fucking ass yeah <laughs> just like uh what's his name james cameron same thing and so with that haters that they are they hate us because they ain't us michael <laughs> so with that they asked samuel L. jackson what he thought about his thoughts and he said that motherfucker <laughs> did you really say that no <laughs> yeah he deserves to die i hope he burns in hell <laughs> but he said i mean that's like saying bugs bunny ain't funny films are films everybody doesn't like his stuff either <laughs> and he's like, everybody's got an opinion. So, I mean, it's okay. Ain't going to stop nobody from making movies. Wise words from Nick Fury. Yep. I was like, Nick Fury is spoken. Yep. Drop the mic on Scorsese. Because wasn't he supposed to be Joker? And so then they also asked him, if, is he going to be in uh, Black Panther 2? And he's like... Who, Nick Fury? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like, a big thing. He was like, no one called me! And he was <laughs> like, I don't know how Nick Fury didn't end up in Wakanda. I'm sure he's been there before, at least in the club. <laughs> in the club. All right, now I want that to be a post-credit scene for Black Panther two. In the Wakanda Club. Yeah. Uh, also with that, talking about how about you watch it and craft the story. Well, people that aren't watching their own shit. Granted, we didn't see it, but the showrunner for Batwoman basically admitted her name is Carol Dries. She admitted that. They have no story beat or story reason of why Bruce Wayne Batman is not in Gotham and where he disappeared to. They didn't so this, plan that out? This, Don't admit that. Girl. Shut up. Shut your so, mouth. So like, why would she say that? <laughs> so this is the exact quote. I have some theories where he disappeared to, but I haven't fully committed one way or another. I pretty much have strong convictions about every detail of the show, but that's one where I want the audience to feel like it's a mystery because it is generally, <laughs> it is genuinely a mystery. Even to me, the person yeah. that's show running. <laughs> and uh, that doesn't necessarily really give me that much faith. No, it does not bode well. I see what she's trying to say there, but I would rather you just not say anything. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just been like, yeah, who knows where he is? We'll find out with time. Give me a BS PR thing. Don't don't give me the truth because the truth is not <laughs> doesn't instill confidence. It's like shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, it's trash. It is trash. It's a very that's a very important thing to not know. It's a very important thing. Yeah. Especially since you're building your whole show about that. Yeah. Like even a little bit that I've seen in the, the 20 minutes that I've seen in the first episode is talking about where's Batman? He doesn't care about us. Where's Bruce Wayne? Yada yada yada. Let's put the two together. They both disappeared, but nobody thinks they're connected. <laughs> But even still, okay. it's like the fact that that's a big driving ah! point. To- ah, we got almost no battery life left. So we got to wrap this up quickly. Is there anything left? Uh, I was going to go to the crisis talk. What crisis talk? The Michael Rosenbaum stuff. Oh, real quick. Hurry. Hurry. We got no time. Michael, there's no time. Literally. I wasn't even done with Batwoman, but. Uh, now we are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we are. It's trash. But speaking of trash, talking about the Michael Rosenbaum and Batwoman stuff. So uh, 
Michael Rosenbaum said in uh, the interview that he was approached to come back for Crisis on Infinite Earths. And that uh, basically to summarize his tweet, it was like he asked for a script. He asked what was the storyline that they're going to do with Lex Luthor. And they didn't know. They didn't tell him. Which is also trash. Which is also trash. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder. Remember that the whole the, 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 the worry that I had before was like you're introducing all these Superman and all these characters. But it makes me wonder or makes me worry that you're doing it for the brownie points. But you don't really have a story. Because what about the, the actual Superman that we're following? Tyler Hecklin. Yeah. And Michael Rosenbaum's quotes kind of make me go, especially considering when he asked for a script or what are you guys doing? And no money, too. That's the fucked up part. <laughs> yeah, and no money. But more specifically, the story. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, and it's like... It seems like some afterthought scene of them just all staying in a room together or something. But this is supposed to be your big temple crossover. And the fact that you don't have a story, that makes me worried. Yeah, same. So Very. On, on that note, so I'm not that. Ex- <laughs> so going, but talking about, oh yeah, but this is Christ. I'm now. Nah, now I'm really not excited about crisis. <laughs> <laughs> little scared. Little scared. I'm very scared. All right, is that all the news that we can get to? Because I think we're done. <laughs> the battery says no. Well, finally, uh, Disney's being trashed. They're saying Disney is no longer allowing Netflix to advertise on any of their networks. So ABC, <laughs> Disney Plus. This is a competition, not community. It's a com- yeah, it's a <laughs> Fuck that shit. We're not gonna fucking help you. But all right, on that note, and finally walking. Dad is having a third spinoff. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> but yeah, so next week, guys, we're gonna talk about Batwoman, Supergirls, first episodes, um, Raising Dion, Raising Dion. Anything else? Any movies? Nothing? No. Uh, yeah, there is a movie that comes out this week. What? Gemini Man. There we go. I was like, Oh, I, Gemini I Man. Was like, I don't remember. Okay, yeah, Gemini Man. I am interested in seeing that. All right, let's see if Will Smith can uh, properly act against himself. <laughs> uh, Will Smith versus the Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the action scenes look crazy, so I, I heard you should definitely now, see it in 3D. this is a story how all about how my life got cloned and I had to fight myself. Fight myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but guys, that's been this week's episode of Blur Vision. Sorry for the rush, but we literally have no battery life left, and we have no batteries in, the, in this George place. trash, I didn't get Doracell. I didn't know. I went to the hood for batteries. <laughs> But yeah, it's been this episode of Blur yeah, Vision. We got Duracell in the hood. Well, clearly we didn't today. That's <laughs> <laughs> been this week's episode of Blur Vision. I'm your host, Jordan With. Michael. And we will see you next week. Peace. Ciao. My mama was nice, my daddy was nice And they lost their life in front of my eyes In front of my eyes I never be right, I never be right Billionaire boy, never be right Black bat wing taking a flight You can see the symbol up in the sky Open your eyes, criminals will stay in line They know that I on the night Joker your mind, Vayner will get you for breaking my spine Commissioner Gordon, he almost got my back Wearing all black, looking for a clown with his mouth full jack And his girlfriend got a I feel like this is my heart That is why I go so hard Outfit is keeping me calm Robin is keeping me strong This is what we really on Tell him it's on And every day we go hard 
ever see I am the smartest you'll ever meet My hope is honor is mystery I got the honor that never leaves I am the knight so I never sleep There ain't no promise I couldn't keep I am the hero the city needs I hope my city remembers me Remember me